This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station, 105.5 FM, WNSP, and on the Sound of Mobile app. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim, Lee Shervanian, and Michael Brauner. The opening kickoff. Here are Mark, Lee, and Michael. All right, let's go here for the next three hours. We got plenty to get to. It's the opening kickoff. Thanks for hanging with us. Mark, Lee, and Bronner in the studios of WNSP for the final time this week, of course, because we're out on the road. We'll give you all the details on that. Uh, it's another edition of the opening kickoff, which means you got a shot, the final chance of this round to get in qualified for the Alec Naiman Catering Party. And uh, uh, we'll throw a little Chick-fil-A at you at some point, so make sure you duck. And, of course, you guys can always jump in. Speaking of jumping in, why don't you just jump on in here, Lee Shervanian? Got a new club in baseball. It's called the 4070 Club. And last night in the Braves' exciting 6-5 overtime win over the Cubs, Ronald Acuna uh, reached first base in the 10th inning with the Braves' Uh, he knocked in the tying run. He stole second. It was his 70th stolen base mark. He becomes the first major leaguer ever to hit 40-plus home runs and steal 70-plus bases in one season. He uh, picked up the base, stopped the play. He actually dug into the ground, pulled the base up, held it over his head, and the grounds crew had to come out and replace the base. Cunha then scored on a base hit by Ozzie Albies, and this was a devastating loss for the Cubs because they're now tied for the third wild card with the Miami Marlins. Did you hear the uh, Chicago Cubs broadcast of this? I did not. Apparently those calling the game were not too happy with the stoppage. Um He's they were they were a little they were a little critical they were a little salty about the whole thing no doubt salty because it was happening against them and it was a big game but um, yeah they did not hide their irritation of having to stop the game to celebrate said accomplishment um, so one of them said are we really stopping the game to do a highlight montage <laughs> and and the answer is yes they always do it well. I, I know where they're coming from. Ronald Acuna is a superstar in baseball. Very exciting. But there have been moments like this when, let's just say, he goes ever the showman and, and goes a little overboard. I, I was thinking the same thing because it's a tie ball game. He's at second base. And that little, uh, let's say, celebration takes away from the pitcher on the mound. And it was a good five minutes, I guess, before the guy was able to throw his next pitch. So I see where they're coming from. I actually have to agree with you, uh, with them. And, you know, you could do that after the game. or But to have a celebration like that in a 5-5 ball game and extra innings. Uh, look, I like Acuna. I think he's great because I'm a Braves fan. But still, I, I could see where they're coming so from. So would you have been all right if it was 7 nothing and, you know, Probably a little bit Eighth more. or ninth inning? Because the Cubs are fighting for a playoff spot. I mean, every game is vital to them. They've dropped two straight to the Braves after blowing leads. And they're tied now with the Marlins for the third and final wild card slot. So I understand where they're coming from because, you know, it's about the game and it's about the outcome, not about a record stealing a 70th base. Yet, it was, I did watch it. It was, it was kind of amusing. But he, I have to say, I mean... Uh, say what you want, but Acuna is kind of a hot dog. I mean, he really is. It's not the first time uh, we, we've seen either broadcasters on the other team or managers say something about some of the stuff he does. He's like, can we get the base after the game? I mean, this is pretty absurd. Exactly. You know, it could have waited. It could have waited. Nah. Celebrate the moment. Okay. How about, okay, you want to, I wasn't going to mention this, but talk about celebrating a moment.
moment. About eight days ago, Tampa uh, won the, the top wild card. And instead of celebrating that night with their champagne, and, and I don't even, to be honest with you, I don't know what the big deal is. You get a wild card and you're celebrating. I mean, you know, let, let's play it out and see how you do in the playoffs. But they didn't have their celebration until last night, about a week later. Good for them. Staying focused. They're locked in. I guess they were. No, you celebrate when you make the postseason. That's, Absolutely. Well, six teams now make it. I mean, it's like in each league. I To me, it's if you finish first, I understand. When Braves finish first, uh, Brewers, I understand. But to get in as a wild card and then to wait like six or seven days before you celebrate, and you're doing it still on the road, you're not even doing it at home, I don't, I don't see the significance of that. But if they enjoyed it, fine. They won last night, uh, uh, Tampa Day. Tampa won last night. So you're, you're so you're so critical of the game that we all love, Lee. I'm not critical of it. Can't stop saying. it to celebrate a man's accomplishments. See, Can't celebrate the team getting to the postseason. Well, it used to be a big deal when, let's say, you, you won the pennant or you won your division. But now you're talking about, you know, three wild card teams. And you still have to go through three tiers of playoffs to even get to the World Series. So what, are you going to celebrate every single time that you advance? I say wait until you get in the postseason and then start celebrating. It's a lot easier to get in these days because there's more teams. It used to be in baseball, the pennant winner, and that was it. And then, you know, two teams uh, fighting it out for the World Series. But now, like every other sport, you have different tiers. And I, I personally don't think, you know, getting as a wild card is it's it's an achievement yes it's an achievement but you know wait till you get to the postseason see how you do there before you celebrate all right well maybe we shouldn't have uh, cameras on any of the ncaa tournament selection basketball teams that get in we should wait to see how they do in the tournament before there we celebrate go. that's how about exactly that? right yeah I'm, I'm with you on that all right uh, we got some other stuff a uh, huge blockbuster trade and i know there's a lot of nba uh, let's say talking heads are saying Damon Lillard going to Milwaukee. It was just about four days ago I was writing a story that Toronto was the front runner to land Damon Lillard. This has been a story that's been ongoing the entire summer. And who was Damon Lillard? He wanted out of Portland after 11 years, seven times All-Star. So yesterday it's being reported and Lillard is going to Milwaukee it's eight players, three teams. The other player that's really, really good is Drew Holiday, who I really like. And, and he's going to Portland, but they're not going to keep him, Mark. They're going to ship him out somewhere else. There's also some draft picks involved. So Portland, who supposedly was going to negotiate with Miami. Jimmy Butler, by the way, is very upset about this, that, uh, he's, uh, that Lillard's not going to Miami. He's actually called on the NBA to look into tampering. <laughs> yeah, what about Miami? Uh, tampering there. So uh, Lillard's now with Giannis, uh, but they don't have Drew Holiday. Holiday will probably go to a contender and make them that much better. So a big trade yesterday. Uh, Mel Tucker has officially been fired at Michigan State with cause, which could save Michigan State some $80 million on his contract. But the story that I talked to you off the air, which really intrigues me, this week, last week, and I don't know what's in the air out there, but we've had a lot of, like, coaches confrontations. We've had Lanning versus Dion, uh, Sean Payton and Hackett. Uh, that was a little more a uh, while back. And, of course, you know, Payton with the uh, media guy. We've had Lou Holtz and Ryan Day. So you got coaches bickering with coaches. It's chippy. Yesterday, Cade McNamara 
quarterback Iowa, transfer from Michigan, first year with the Hawkeyes, was asked about the meager passing game of Iowa. I think they only passed for about 42 yards against Penn State in the shutout loss. He said, don't blame me. I'm not calling the plays. It's the offensive coordinator, Brian Ferentz, who's the uh, head coach's son. And I think he pointed out that their leading receiver only has like 14 catches in four games. And he went on. Hey, it's no, not on I, the- Iowa's receivers have a, as a whole only have 14 catches through four games. And so he was asked about that, and he was just like, man, oh. I, I'm the quarterback. I'm not calling the plays or doing anything like that. Talk about throwing a coach under the bus. Don't normally see that coming, but I guess we're in the news day and age. Uh, speak your mind. And he uh, he didn't want to take any of the blame at all. Usually a quarterback will take the blame, not him. He said it's all on Brian Ferentz. Ferentz, by the way, in his he's trying to get his contract renewed, but he's been told you, the team has to average 24 points a game and win seven games this year. And right now they're averaging 22 points a game. Yeah, it's certainly not the uh, not the route you your your media relations uh, director would want your football team to go through. Uh, you wouldn't want a player to. But yeah, he was like, I give him credit. Guy was asked a question, he answered it. He Clearly, sure he's he's got issues with the play calling. Makes you wonder how other teams players would react if given that same opportunity. If there was no filter. You know, if you ask guys at Auburn or Alabama or, or you know, name your school, whatever, how do you feel about the play calling? Well, Ferenc has been How much fun the, would it be if we actually had people speak their minds? Ferenc has been under the gun now for about two years, and, and I'd be anxious to see what he has to say about it. Also, uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs and Jets, it's not exactly a, a mind-boggling game on Sunday night now, obviously with Aaron Rodgers not playing, and it's going to be played in New Jersey and the big story now is that Taylor Swift says she'll attend. What? Stop it. Yep. You know, uh, Fanatics released a uh, a women's Kansas Ch- City Chiefs like half zip kind of pullover jacket, and they kind of marketed it as a Taylor Swift jacket. Do you realize they sold out in 30 minutes? I think it's rumored that Aaron Rodgers is going to attend the game as well. Wonder if they sit in the same box. Well, he should. Who do you think he's moving in? He's like, why, why wouldn't he though? He's a member of the Jets. He should be there. Well, I don't think he's been attending the first couple. Not that I know of. Not a real good teammate. I, I would have thought he'd be attending the games. Dude, I'd totally be in in the Chiefs' head if I were Rodgers. I would be in the box with her. I'd have like my arm around her, laughing, giggling, and you know they're all staring up at, at the box anyway, right? That's what they were doing last week. And then your Jets well, get the get the win. Well, they've only had one home game, Lee, uh, since since the incident. Oh, he's so. not allowed to travel. Well, I I, I wouldn't I wouldn't think uh, they'd throw him on the team plan. I don't think injured players generally do travel uh, with the know. team. Isn't he somebody? With, isn't he somebody special though? I mean, sh- shouldn't he be with the team? I would say he is somebody yeah. special, quote he's, unquote. Yeah. Well, he's, he's played somebody. F- somebody yeah, special. Yeah, he's played four snaps. So. Uh, most famous jet of all time. Mm-hmm. It was a memorable four snaps. Actually, that's not true. I don't even remember what happened in those four snaps. I oh, just oh, he didn't. Snaps. He didn't complete a pass. Yeah. So it's probably probably the Iowa uh, offensive coordinator's <laughs> fault. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll blame Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel on that Hackett. One. <laughs> uh, so what's going on today? It's a great question. I'm glad you asked, Mark. Uh, Golf Shores head coach Mark Hudspeth set to join us at 6:30. Paul Feinbaum at 7 o'clock. Eli Gold at 7:30. Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Reese Senior Bowl at 8 o'clock. 
Uh, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Gulf Coast game coming up here uh, in another week or so with Tim Hale at 8.30. When we come back, interesting conversation was had not only in Ohio State, but it, Nick Saban was asked about this idea that recruits are asking for 5K just to come on an official visit. His answer didn't intrigue me as much as his body language. I know, I know, you guys are rolling your eyes. Here we go again. But I thought it was interesting. Scoreboard traffic and weather next. Stay with us right here on the Sports Station WNSP. I really don't hate Alabama. I just want to beat them. I hate their fans because they're obnoxious. Because, um, you know, you know, they lost two games last year, and it was like, oh, kill us now. That's the end. Yeah. Charles Barkley, uh, actually, he was asked, do you hate Georgia? He said, no, nah, not really. One man can't have that much hate in his heart. He hates Alabama. But then he goes on to explain he he really doesn't hate Alabama. He, he, he respects Alabama. He loves Nick Saban. Who he really hates are people like Michael Bronner. Yeah, the fans. The fans. Psychotic fans. How do you how do you how does it make you feel to know that Charles Barkley hates you? I hate Charles Barkley. Actually, I really don't hate Charles Barkley. Now you sound like, like Charles Barkley. <laughs> I like Charles Barkley. It's hard. Not, it's, it really is hard yeah, to hate. I, I, I don't know a lot of people who hate Charles Barkley. Uh, you know, I. I, I don't know. I think I'm a reasonable Alabama fan for the most part. Remember when Paul Feinbaum used to write those books? We hate Alabama. We yeah. hate Auburn. Yep. He did say he hates the fans because they're obnoxious and entitled. There you go. No better example than right across the glass. I think I'm a pretty unentitled Alabama fan, but I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know if I would label him as entitled. Obnoxious? Eh, no, I'm kidding. No, but but here's the good. Here's the question: Is anybody that in, that is entitled will they ever say or admit that they're entitled, or do they always assume? <laughs> right, it's fair, fair enough. Yeah, yeah I mean, they've I guess it comes with the territory. They're spoiled. Yeah. So I got a question. I for say you. Alabama fans are spoiled. By the way. Anyway, go ahead, Mark. Uh, so a question about Alabama. So Nick Saban. It was really an interesting question. It was interesting uh, back and forth. He was asked about comments that. Uh, Ohio State Athletic Director Gene Smith made to the U.S. House of Reps about this whole NIL thing. He made the comment that recruits coming to official visits now, a lot of them won't even come to campus unless you give them 5K. Like, you're paying these guys 5K just to show up and go through the process. Yeah, and that's when I saw that, Mark, and I'm thinking, wait a minute. Wasn't NIL set up? to reward those who are actually on campus. Right. And it was not to be used for recruiting purposes. So my point was, Saban was asked about it, and he said all the right things, not that I know of, which sounds like uh, coach speak <laughs> for, it may be happening, but I, I don't know it's happening. Plausible deniability is what we call that. But then he goes, I don't know of anybody that asked us for that, but... And then he goes into the whole name, image, and likeness thing. So two things caught caught my interest. One, not that I know of, which is an interesting statement from someone that we always talk about knows every in and out of his program, one. And two, and y'all are going to roll your eyes at me, but his body language when he asked that question, when he, when he, when he started answering that question. He was behind the podium, but he kind of took a step back 
kind of folded his arms, which, as you guys know, and we're not huge uh, students of the of, of body language, but th- that's that's the sign of being very defensive and closed off, um, maybe even resistant, tense, a little insecure. Well, you know, here's the question I have, and, and obviously it'd be better to ask somebody like John Garcia who follows recruiting, but I could ask Michael, are we aware that Alabama has trouble getting – top-notch recruits to come visit the campus i'm not aware of it it seems like every year they're getting the the top fives and fours to come are you michael that yeah on campus no i not that i know and i'm of. not suggesting i'm not suggesting that even if pe- people are paying athletes 5k that it's even wrong in today's society i just don't think nick saban's telling us the whole truth there there was a i mean you kind of brushed over the nil part of the answer a little bit but there was a really interesting nugget i thought in in that part of the answer he said quote name image and likeness is not really name image and likeness it's becoming what it's becoming that's okay we'll just adapt and do what we have to do to compete whatever the circumstances are Whatever the circumstances are, I, so we'll do what to, we'll do whatever we'll do we have it, to do. So if you got to pay five k, that, that's you. what I mean. I you mean you know talk about saying you know what it is what it is. We're not gonna just uh, you know. Whereas the Dabo method, or no no, you know we built this program on yeah. God's nil. You know, uh, Saban says you know no. I mean I'm, if I'm this not, is what college football is, we're gonna yeah. adapt and stay, do what we have to do to compete. So, Bronner, do you think? And again, I'm not saying it's right or wrong because at this point there is no right or wrong in NIL, clearly. Yeah. But do you think – would it shock you if it came out tomorrow that Alabama was, like Ohio State, paying guys 5 k Not really, and I don't care. Yeah. See? That's why I bring it up. All right. Speaking of Alabama, uh, this weekend the Alabama WNSP watch party at the Stables Bar downtown off St. Francis. It's uh, Alabama-Mississippi State. We'll give giving away an Alabama jersey courtesy of the vault at halftime. Plus, as soon as you walk in, free WNSP t-shirt. Uh, they got a bunch of drink specials going on. Air Sports 1 will be there. Michael Bronner will be there. It's the WNSP Alabama watch party this Saturday at the Stables Bar downtown off St. Francis Street. Come on out and hang out with the WNSP folks. When we come back, Mark Hudspeth will join us. We'll talk some high school sports right here on the sports station WNSP. Thursday. Thanks for hanging with us. Uh, as a reminder, uh, being that it is always football season here, there is football tonight. We'll tell you all about it coming up here in just a little bit. I'll tell you right now, we have uh, at seven o'clock tonight. We've got Lions Packers on WNSP. Uh, there's also a very good high school football game at Lad Stadium tonight uh, with Gulf Shores ranked. Last I looked, I think it. Well, I'll find out. I mean, I think they were like second or third. 5A, and they're taking on Murphy. But I also want to remind you that uh, Bob Baumhauer's Victory Grill. Uh, today is Ladies' Day, or tonight is Ladies' Day, and they always have happy hour 
from uh, 11 a.m. to that's that's early for happy hour, but I guess maybe not. 11 a.m. to six for happy hour, and we've told you about the new menu with the uh, Callaway steak, also the uh, salmon's on the menu, and with all the games coming up on Saturday, Sunday, the NFL ticket they have, you can go watch your favorite uh, team. So, anyway, we do have the head coach from Gulf Shores. Uh, Mark Husbeth is on the line. Mark, uh, congratulations on the start to this season, ranked number two in 5A. Things going pretty good for you. Thanks, Lee. I appreciate it. Team's working hard. We're off to a good start. Still think we've got a lot of improvement we can still make, and I had still played our best football yet. Well, when you say your best football, don't coaches hope the, the season moves on and you're playing your best football as you get to the postseason? That, that's what you, you really hope for. And like I said, we still got a long ways to go. We're, we're, we're halfway through the regular season. Got a game tonight in Mobile at Ladd versus Murphy. And so uh, hopefully we can continue building and improving in, on what we've done thus far defensively. As you may have noticed, you know, we've uh, had three shutouts in the last five games. Our defense is playing lights out offensively. We're taking care of the football. So that's a, a pretty good combination. I'm trying to remember the timeline. You mentioned about your defense, and I may be totally off. Is Brian Van Gorder back with you? He is. He's our defensive coordinator. We're doing a great job. Who are some of the players that have really stepped up? Now, of course, you know, we hear the the names like, you know, Royal, the, the Trent. Well, he's been with you now for a couple of years. But then you had another transfer. I think Nero was his – no, that he's on Foley. I'm sorry. You have another transfer running back who I think came from Mobile Christian who has been do, doing very well for you. He, he's playing well along with one of our, our – best defensive players right now is Isaiah Hammock. He's really played well at safety. Uh, he's a kid that's going to play on Saturday, uh, playing awfully hard. We, we've got, we don't have a lot of depth, uh, but our, our starting 11 on defense right now is, is pretty solid. Hey, Mark, and I should point out for, for those who don't know, Mark's longtime college coach has had great success. So, But coming to Gulf Shores, how has the program taken off down there since you, I think you're what, fourth, fifth year down there now? season how how is it like the the interest and so forth has it really you know has it revved up a lot since you've taken over the program it, it certainly has our community's really gotten behind us and our, our mayor our, our community our school board really uh sees the value in athletics and since we've gone to a, a city school uh, we've been able to do a lot of things for our student athletes uh, on campus. And as you know, we're building a brand new school, which we're going to be in in 2025. We'll have a 120-yard indoor facility. Uh, they've just really made a complete commitment to our students uh, academically, athletically, and uh, it's an exciting time to be down here in Gulf Shores. Coach, Mark Heim here. Thanks for jumping aboard. It certainly is, and it's interesting that you say you haven't played your best football yet, yet this is the best start your school has ever had. Seems like uh, the future seems really bright down there. Well, 
you know, we're just taking it one one game at a time, and you know, we're gonna, we're losing a big senior class this year. We've got a a really good senior class. Our junior class is very small, but the exciting thing is our our young young classes, our ninth grade, then you get down to eighth and seventh, have over forty players each in, in playing football. So, you know, we've been able to create interest in in the game, and now a lot of players and and kids that were not playing before have come out. Our numbers are much bigger, and and just creating some excitement throughout the the middle school all the way up to the to the high school, and and uh, that that's really paying off for us. And uh, excited excited to be here. Yeah, it's uh, maybe it's not. It seems to me like it's rare that one team can be so dominant on both sides of the ball. And I know your coach speak will prohibit you from from agreeing with me on that. But you guys have have averaged what almost more than thirty points a game offensively and like you mentioned your defense your defense is killing it what it's like six or seven points a game it's just you you got the best of both worlds here how do you keep them focused uh at the task at hand you guys are five and oh overall four and oh in the region and as you pointed out you haven't really put it all together yet so how do you keep them grinding and working when you look up at the scoreboard and it's 44 nothing well you know i've got to give a lot of credit to our staff and we've got an outstanding staff as you know brian van gorder former Jets, Auburn, Notre Dame, uh, defensive coordinator that's doing a great job for us. Kenny Kenny Enfield, former offensive coordinator at South Alabama, just recently until two years ago as our offensive coordinator and offensive line coach was the O-line coach at Colorado the last two years. And so uh, we've got some coaches that are doing a great job of teaching scheme and fundamentals and and keeping our kids hungry, and we coach them hard. You know, we're not we're not you know happy with where we're at. Even though we're we're five and zero, oh, we know we can still play much better. And uh, that's the challenge as coaches. She's every day trying to improve at practice, keep their antennas up, and uh, we better you know have them up because Murphy's has always has a lot of talent, and uh, we're going to have to uh, be ready to play tonight. Let me ask you this, because you've been through this, I'm sure, with college football, too. Let's say you, you come off a, a big win, but now you're facing a team that hasn't won a game. What's the challenge of getting your team prepared mentally to face a team that's winless? Well, for us, it's always Gulf Shores versus Gulf Shores. You know, we want to control the things we can control. And, and, and if we can do that, and that's, you know, play fundamentally sound football, take care of the football do our jobs, play with a with a great relentless effort, then we feel like we're going to have a chance, you know, each week, and and that's the that's the challenge. Sometimes you feel like you're playing your opponent, but uh, you know you, you've got to give your best. And if we can keep getting our best out of our players, we're we're going to be able to hopefully uh, be highly competitive. But they've got a lot of good players, and they probably have had. And I'll give them credit now. They probably have had the hardest schedule for the first five games of anybody around here. I like your schedule coming home. I think three of your last four games were at home this year, with the only away game being at Alberta. So it it looks very favorable for Gulf Shores uh, looking down the road. Well, you know, we still got a lot of region play to left to be to be played out, especially. Uh, you know, with Williamson coming up, very talented team there, BC Rain, and then Biger, who's undefeated in the region. So, uh, those are really good teams. We've got a lot of work left to be done, but but our players are pretty dialed in right now, and uh, hopefully, we can continue playing at a very high level. Mark, if you don't mind, I, I like having you on because you you coached in college for a number of years. You had great success, and there's been so many storylines. 
Uh, and I'd just like to get your viewpoint on this and maybe reminisce a little bit. In your day coaching, there just seems lately there's been a lot of chippiness with coaches, uh, Lanning versus Dion, uh, Holtz and Day. Was, was this stuff going on when you were coaching? It, it was. A lot of the stuff is just probably a little bit overblown because obviously Colorado right now is a high-profile team. And, and to be honest with you, Dion has brought that high-profile team uh, uh, or uh, perception to Colorado. I think sometimes, though, coaches get frustrated when a team is just getting attention maybe because of other things rather than than uh, maybe the play on the field and, and, and they see other things that they're doing that the media doesn't pick up on. Uh, you know, when you see some of the videos of what was taking place before that game, uh, then you say, yeah, you, you see why Dan Lanning may be, may be a little bit upset and uh, wanting, to, wanting to play play really hard. But, you know, his job is to get his team fired up. And, uh, and, and he definitely had his team prepared and ready to play. Dion's doing a great job there. And, you know, they had a big win early uh, against TCU. And I think some of the coaching uh, fraternity, though, saw them, you know, they beat a very average group of five team, Colorado State, at home, and took the, went into double overtime, and so, and they acted sort of like they just won the Super Bowl, and so I think, uh, I think uh, some of those things sometimes get under coaches' skin, and they're, they're all jockeying though for position, they're all jockeying for recruits, they're all jockeying obviously to, to win games, uh, motivate their players, and. And uh, obviously, uh, they're both are doing a really good job. Dion's doing a great job. Dan Lenny's he's doing a good job there at Oregon. And it'll be another big test for 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 Dion in Colorado this week, going to to play USC. So, uh, big big weekend of college football. Can't wait to watch. I always obviously watch on on Saturdays. My son now is coaching college football full time at, at Stetson University down in Florida. So, I'll be tuned into ESPN three. Uh, watching watching his special teams and so man just love love college football love high school football and and uh, excited to see what this weekend brings I'm not surprised anymore what like I say the coaches bickering back and forth and I you know you mentioned the Colorado and Oregon and there's been several others but the one story that really caught my attention overnight did you see the press conference or hear about uh, the quarterback McNamara at um, Iowa was asked about the fact I'm sorry? I did not hear that. All right. The press conference yesterday, McNamara, quarterback, transferred from Michigan to Iowa, was asked about the, well, let's say offensive uh, play calling and the fact that they didn't do well passing the ball and have not in the four games. And normally players, I I guess, that they say, you know, they take the blame and so forth. This guy pointed the finger at Brian Ferenc, the offensive coordinator, and threw him under the bus and said, don't blame me. He's the guy calling plays. And, have you ever heard of that happening in, in college football where the player is now directing uh, the blame on the coaches? No, that, that's disappointing because coaches, you know, for the most part, all, always try to take the take the ownership on themselves. And to be honest with you, and when something doesn't go right, it's not just the coaches and it's not just the players. You know, it may be a combination of things. And so uh, and then when the passing game doesn't, doesn't work, you know, it, it ain't always uh, – because the quarterback didn't throw good balls, it, a lot of times it has things to do with like protection, uh, the 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 routes, the coverage that you're seeing, and a lot of times it has something to do with the defense. Those guys are on scholarship too, 
And so, uh, you know, it's it's disappointing when that happens because this we're losing a little bit of to me the the team sport concept, the we over me concept, and to me that's what football teaches and supposed to teach is you know uh, our brother, our teammate, our coach. Uh, you know, is more important than me, you know, and I want to do whatever I can do to help the team. Coach, always great to have you on, man. We appreciate the time. I know uh, basketball season's coming up, so uh, slap Tolbert in the head for us when you see him, and uh, we wish you the best of luck today and moving forward. Yep. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Go Dolphins. There you go. A little high school football tonight. Uh, Speaking of the high school football, the Dr. Christopher Monix High School Game Day takes us tomorrow to St. Michael. Uh, I'm forgetting. Are we six and one, five and one? I don't know. It's starting to blend together. I, I, I don't seven, aren't we seven, seven and one? And one, seven and one. How about them apples? I mean, we got a lot of football still to play. We got to stay focused. Can't be staring at the scoreboard. We just do what we do every Friday in Air Sports One, and we just we prepare, and uh, and hopefully things work out for us. But seven and one, curse. <laughs> When we go out there, I've been told we're going to have Philip Rivers on for almost an hour tomorrow, and uh, we'll be joined by uh, really the the most the most famous River Rivers. I mean, Gunner's the one putting doing putting all the work in. We'll have them on together. So yeah, it should be good. Looking forward to it. Uh, they uh, they host uh, McGill. So they'll have their hands full, but it should be a good game. All right, here's what we got cooking for you. All right, I'm sick of you guys getting it on the first try. I'm done. I'm over it. You will have a chance to qualify for another round of uh, Alec Naaman's catering party, which we're going to give away to tomorrow. So this is your last chance for this round. Another edition of Naaman It coming up. We're going to rack a whole bunch of you because it's going to take a bunch of you to get it. What do you think, Bronner? I think someone's going to get it on the first try. On the first try! All right. There's only one way to find out. 694-1055. On the air. Prove me wrong. I know you guys do it quite often. We just call it Thursday around here. Stay with us on the sports station, WNSP. Hi, everybody. Jennifer Hale here from the NFL on Fox. And you're listening to 105.5 WNSP in Mobile. Taking a liking to that song more than you guys. I don't, I don't know what to say. All right, here we go. We're wrapping up hour number one. Here's I like your it. shot. You like it? I do. You just don't seem real peppy today. I don't know. I'm always kind of bouncing around when that song comes on. All right, here we go. I think I'm trying. I'm trying to get you. I'm trying to stump you guys. But Bronner thinks you guys are gonna nail this one. So let's see. It's time for another round of naming it. Be the first person to call uh, in on the air and tell us exactly what you're hearing a person place or thing and you will be our last qualifier for when we give away the Alec Naaman catering party tomorrow all right let it rip what do you think Lee you think you know what that is sounds like the same one we had yesterday didn't it kind of no, yesterday we had a uh, we had Donkey Kong. That was a video. Yeah, game. but it was a kind of that rumbling sound that 
that uh, seemed like drum roll or something like that. Hmm. Boy, if it were a drum roll, I would be really upset with you right now. All right, we got a couple guys on the line? Yes, sir. All right, let's go with our first caller. Is Bronner right or am I right? No pressure. Go ahead. Frying bacon? That is incorrect. It is not frying bacon. But I appreciate the call. All right, let's go from uh, our first caller to our next caller who will uh, give it a shot. All right, what would you hear there? Go ahead, caller. Nope. Oh for 2. <laughs> Victory is mine. That doesn't count. Uh, sure it does. That guy got on before he heard it, drew a blank, and hung up. 694-1055. He right. got nervous. All right, we got another one? Yeah, go ahead, caller. All right, go ahead, caller. What do we got? Is that an aquarium? It is not an aquarium. Mm-hmm. So, by the way, if we don't get this... Does that mean one of us gets our name thrown in? No. 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 Does that mean he just has to he he, he goes to it, eight. it increases the odds of everybody else right. that have been called? He, he go one day. So there are eight of you out there that are openly cheering against anybody getting this right. All right, go ahead, caller. Let's try it again. What'd you hear? I like a boiler. I'm sorry, say that again. A boiler. A boiler? Uh that is incorrect. Do we have to play it again real quick? Uh Mr. Bronner, you want to play a little bit? You want to play a little bit again? Give people another taste. All right, hold on. All right, yeah. It's not a boiler. We weren't frying bacon or whatever else. Lee doesn't know. He's. I can see the wheels turning. All right, go ahead, caller. What do you have for us? Put it into this. It sounded like a bubbling uh, brook with water running over the edge of the rocks and uh, like a waterfall system. Like a like a creek almost. Uh, you're you're getting warmer, yeah. but no, that is not correct. Not correct. They're getting closer. They're getting closer. You see, sometimes you got to prove a point, and it it just. We got another one. They're lining up. All right, guys, keep coming. What do you got for us? Is it a windsock? <laughs> it is not but if i had the power to uh, make you an automatic qualifier for that response i would do so and unfortunately i have no power here but well done all right moving on 694-1055 go ahead caller tell us what you got turn down your radio no good nope okay going again go ahead caller what do you have I've stumped him, Lee. I feel like Tom Hanks in Castaway. I have made fire. We still going? Yeah. You see, this is the problem when you try to stump him. It goes on too long. All right, what do you got for us? Jacuzzi? It is not a jacuzzi, but... But we're, we're getting closer. I mean, we're in the... We're in the... We're in the ballpark. We're in the city here. I don't know if we're in the ballpark. I think we can see the ballpark at night with the lights on. Go ahead, caller. We got another one? Washing machine. <sighs> can you be a little more specific? Uh, rent cycle. Do we give them that? Who are we talking to? 
Ronnie, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and give it to you. It it's a little bit of a stretch. It's technically a dishwasher. <laughs> it's close. But it is indeed oh, technically okay. a washing machine. It is a machine that does wash. It does have a rinse cycle. I think I've proved yeah. my point. Congratulations. Stay we on the gone line. Through like 15 people before. Yeah. We might have been a bit strict. Well, my dishwasher doesn't make that kind of noise. Oh yeah. All right, stay on the line, man. He's going to get your information. Congrats. Uh, tomorrow, uh, Alec Naiman will join us on the air and pick a number one through nine uh, for the Alec Naiman catering party. So thanks for playing. Thanks to, to Alec Naiman for making that happen. Does yours make that kind of noise? Uh, n- yeah, that one was a little more pronounced yeah. because it was because, you know, it had to be in order to, to make That's it. That's why audio. I, I didn't get it. I I just never heard a dishwasher make that kind of all right, to give us your best dishwasher impression, then. Mine's com- <laughs> my, my dishwasher's quiet. You can't even know it's on. You don't even know it's on. <laughs> Next time, you know, from now on, Lee will just make the noises, and you got to guess what he's coming up with. <laughs> At first, it's I thought guess it was like, Lee's best like a truck to me, you know, running down the road or something like that. I told you I was going to stump you guys. I'm glad you did. I don't, I don't Showed that we have quite people the comment listening. in the app there, Mark. It gave, gave Michael something to do. Oh, wow. All right. Uh, <laughs> I laughed, but I can't read it. No, there's one in there that says, I'm going to throw my clothes in the dishwasher today and tell my girlfriend it's close and see how that goes. <laughs> it's all about perspective. <laughs> I mean, we could have kept going. But we're almost out of time. All right, coming up, Paul Feinbaum will kick things off. Eli Golan, hour number two as well. Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl at 8 o'clock. So we got a lot going on in uh, – we encourage you to continue with your uh, with your thoughts, your comments, your questions, your criticisms in the app at WNSP.com. Uh, all right. Got a lot to get to with uh, Paul, so we'll do that when we come back. And uh, we'll also have some Chick-fil-A for you, too. I think we're going to do that in hour number three. So if you missed out on the qualifying, fear not, some fried deliciousness is on your way or on the way. You're listening to the opening kickoff Thursday edition style. Mark. Lee and Braun are right here in the studios of WNSP. Stay with us. We wrap up uh, hour number one. Here comes hour number two. is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station 105.5 FM WNSP and on the sound of mobile app the latest sports news traffic weather and timely guests with Mark Heim Lee Shervanian and Michael Bronner the opening kickoff. Kickoff. kickoff here are Mark Lee and Michael hour number two. Thanks for hanging with us. The opening kickoff on this Thursday continues. Mark Lee and Bronner right here from this 
studios of WNSP. A couple of headlines before we get to Paul Feinbaum. Portland trades all-star guard Damon Lillard to Milwaukee. Three-team, eight-player trade. Michigan State has officially fired head coach Mel Tucker with cause, trying to save that nearly $79 million left on his contract. And the Braves guaranteed uh, home field advantage throughout the National League postseason. And Ronald Acuna Jr. with his 70th steal becomes the first major leaguer ever to join the so-called 40-home run, 70-steal club. With that, we bring in ESPN SEC broadcaster, uh, a guy that's never short of opinions, Mr. Paul Feinbaum. Paul, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today? Hey, Lee. Good morning, Mark. Paul, I was hoping to have a headline out of that uh, college football playoff management committee. They met this week. They dispersed without doing anything. And we were maybe looking at going from the 6-6 model, which starts in 04, uh, 2024, to maybe a 5-7. But they dispersed by saying, well, we want to see what happens with the Pac-12, which is apparently going to dissolve. Is there something there that we don't know about that they do that something can be done to revive that conference? I don't understand why they would just meet this week and not do anything. Well, these guys like to uh, be unified, and there was not a unification yet. Mike Oresco uh, running his mouth, other people uh, trying to keep the system where it was, protecting the group of five, and you know, commissioners like Greg Sankey and others, uh, you know, can't see that at the moment with the Pac-12 now all but dissolved. So I, I think it, I, I don't think it means anything. Uh, they'll meet again uh, sometime before the uh, CFP, and certainly at the CFP. Uh, and I bet they'll they'll figure it out by then. Would you like to see them stay at the six, even if you don't have the uh, Pac-12 involved in this? Meaning, I guess that they would uh, involve uh, maybe two conferences of the not Power Fives rather than a five-seven. No, I wouldn't. Uh, with with the end of the Pac-12, uh, it makes no sense to do that. Uh, I mean, you're just basically giving you know somebody in the twenty to twenty-five ranking range a seat at the table, which is absurd. He's Paul Feinbaum. He joins us here on WNSP. Follow him on Twitter or whatever, at Feinbaum. All right, so we were talking about – Nick Saban was asked yesterday about Ohio State. Uh, Gene, uh, Gene Smith, the AD, was talking about how uh, recruits are asking for 5K just to come on an official visit. Saban was asked about it. I'm, cur I'm assuming you saw the video, not just hear his words, but did you see the video of Saban's response? I did, yes. What was your reaction to the way he handled that question? Well, I think he, he wanted to remind everyone, uh, Mark, that you know, of what he had said previously, um, where he was against all this and nobody listened. I think that was really the message. I don't, I'm not sure what you thought. Um, but, but ultimately, th this is where we are. Uh, yeah. and, I, and I think the, the more you, you try to resist it, the, the worse it will be. No, nobody has to pay anybody anything. Right. Um, you, you can con you can continue running your program like Dabo Sweeney has, uh, being late to the party and, and being out of the playoffs by the end of September. Yeah, I, so I don't disagree with any of that. We've talked about this earlier uh, in our show. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It's NIL, man. Everything's everything's you know game on. I thought he used some interesting words. Not that I know of. I don't know of anybody that's asked us for that. Uh, it screams plausible deniability, and I'm not a, a, a student of body language, but it looked like he kind of got defensive there a little bit with the arms crossed. And and it, I, all I'm saying is it wouldn't surprise me if, if they do pay recruits to come for an official visit. And with that said, 
personally, I don't really care if they do at this point based on what everything everything going on with NIL. Well, Mark, you, you just identified, I think, one of, the, one, of the, one of the issues that Nick Saban continues to have. Um, in, what you have to do at this moment in time is like is act like Josh Heifel and other coaches who just say, "Hey, I'm whatever, whatever the player wants." I'm from that. That's the message you have to deliver. Yeah, yeah. Now I know others will say it's not hurting Saban. Um, not yet. No, uh, he recruits uh, at the highest possible level, but it, it's still, uh, I, I think, uh, a message. That's what. That's one thing I, I I both admire about Nick Saban and I and I question is that he he does not change. I mean, I, I, as much as he hates NIL, he's, he still wants you to know that um, <laughs> while, while he's trying to navigate it. And I, I think because he's been so successful, uh, he, he, still, uh, he still does that. But, uh, you know, again, uh, you know, here we go with age. But when you're 71 years old and you've, you're the most successful coach of all time, you still don't want to change. And even when you have to, uh, and this also comes under people around him. I know he joked about, or I don't even know if it was a joke, about media advisors. He clearly does, you know, doesn't have a group that, that is very capable or competent around him, and he, he needs it. Uh, I don't care who you are in the, in the world of public uh, relations. Sometimes you, you have to listen to people, and someone needs to talk to Nick Saban and say, Coach, enough of this. You've, you've made your point. You're not going to win this battle. Uh, you're losing it badly. Meanwhile, you know you juxtapose Nick Saban and 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 the, and the bizarre body language, and, and you go out to Boulder, and there's Deion Sanders saying, "Hey, you know, we're, we're, you're no good. We're kicking you out. Uh, we're open for business. Come on in." I mean, it's a, it's a completely different vibe. Talking about Nick Saban, of course, there's always been speculation that when he decides to step down, who will be the successor? Names are thrown around, and you threw a name around this week uh, that that's caught me by a little bit by surprise because I've never heard this one before. Do you want to comment on that? Who could be maybe down the road somebody that Alabama would look at? Well, I mentioned Dan Lanning, uh, who was a graduate assistant under Saban in 2015. I'll tell you a funny story. I saw Dan Lanning at the NFL draft, uh, I guess it was a year and a half ago in Vegas. And we had a, he got there, uh, we had a couple of minutes before the show, and he said, let me play you something. He played me a, a voicemail of Nick Saban asking him to call in uh, 2015. I don't remember where Dan was, but uh, to be a graduate assistant. And it, it, that really, uh, so what happened, Lanning was a graduate assistant on the defensive side under Kirby Smart, and then Kirby later hired him, and he <laughs> He became the defensive coordinator in Georgia before getting the Oregon job, and I just think he's the kind. He's a, he's one of many. Lee, uh, until we know when Saban steps down, it's impossible to hit the the bullseye. But he's one of those hot young coaches, and you saw him at halftime, and you saw him after the game. I mean, this is one fiery dude, and he stood up to to uh, Coach Prime, and he backed it up on the field. I don't know if you vote on the polls or anything like that, but if you did. Would you put Ohio State right now above Michigan after the win over Notre Dame? I might, uh, and, and the answer is I don't. I don't vote, and I'm really glad I don't because it's such a few, uh, exercise in futility. And you know, I know you guys get calls, and we we get calls. How come this? How come that? I, I don't really care one way or the other. I, not not to your question, but just it, it would be a waste of time every week to try to figure that out. You know, what do you base it on? Ohio State has a very impressive win. Uh, probably the most impressive win of the year in college football, other than maybe FSU, you know, beating LSU and, and Clemson. Uh, 
Oh, Michigan hasn't done anything. So how do you? So what do you justify it? And I, and I, I, I always uh, get less exercise about these things when I know the two schools will meet each other as well as well as as will Michigan and Ohio State. But I probably would have kept Michigan where they were. That's a long long answer to a simple question. All right. Speaking of uh, analyzing teams, uh, last week, as one of our listeners pointed out, I think you, you used the word teetering when talking about the Alabama football program. Uh, has anything changed your mind in the last week after the win over Kiffin? Yeah, sure. It was a it was a dramatic win, uh, and, and 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 the program was teetering a, a week ago. And and what I was talking about was you know, the the trajectory and and what would have happened if uh, this program was was in trouble. Uh, a loss to Ole Miss would have been fatal. And to Nick Saban's credit. Uh, he came up with a game plan, uh, and, and I felt like he would. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not one of those guys, as you guys, as you well know, that sits around and you know promotes my predictions because I really don't care. I mean, I, I don't give it that much thought. But I, you know, Saturday morning, I'm, I'm, I'm asked to pick a game. I picked Alabama to win. Uh, why? Because Lane Kiffin always screws up the other side. Uh, I mean, I just win in doubt, go against Lane Kiffin in a big game. I mean, that's. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm not uh, Danny Sheridan, and I'm not a Vegas odds maker, but that should be the most obvious thing for any sharpie out there, uh, because his because uh, Kiffin's record against uh, top top opponents is so bad. Uh, so ultimately, what does it mean? I think is the next question. It means Alabama still has some flaws, but but they're back in business again. And I think the one thing helping Alabama right now, if you want to make a case for them to, to get to Atlanta, is that the SEC uh, is, is, a, is a lot more unpredictable than it has been in the past. Is there an SEC game that jumps out at you, a must-watch game this weekend? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it's uh, Ole Miss uh, and, and LSU because uh, – if Ole Miss loses this game, Lee, they've gone from uh, a serious contender to, to done. Uh, I mean, that would be two conference losses in the month of September. I think it's it's important for LSU as well from a playoff standpoint. It would be their second loss. It's not as important from an SEC standpoint. And I think for them, uh, you know, get, you know, they got so much uh, out, of, out of getting to the SEC championship game. That's the biggest game in the league. I mean, there are, there are some interesting games. I mean, you can try to make Ole Miss, uh, you can try, you can try to make Georgia Auburn interesting. It's not. Uh, I mean, anybody who, who watched Auburn's offense last week knows that they're not beating Georgia. Uh, you know, there are a couple other games of, of, of consequence but uh, by far, Ole Miss and LSU is the biggest game. Speaking of Auburn, Georgia, is is Hugh Freeze angling for a Hallmark Christmas special when he talks about that rivalry? He wants to play with love, not hate. What what is that? Nobody believes that. I mean, come on. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, Hugh Freeze is on. You know, he 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 communicates the same way every time, which is which is important if you're a good communicator, but. Uh, Georgia Auburn is, is one of the the meanest rivalries in the SEC. It's also one of the best rivalries, uh, and I say mean. That's on the field. Uh, you know, the fans have always gotten along, uh, and I, I won't bore you with all the, you know, the the, the combos of Georgia people being married to Auburn people. Uh, you know, the Pat Dye, Ben Stewie, everybody knows all that. But but it's a serious rivalry. Uh, I mean, after Alabama, it's it's Auburn's biggest rivalry. In some ways, it. It's not far from being that important because of, of what's at stake recruiting. So when Hugh Freeze tries to act like uh, that, and besides, he didn't even 
What, what was the other thing Hugh Freeze didn't understand about uh, uh, at his press conference, Mark? He, he 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 talked about you know you know somebody asked him about Kirby Smart getting uh, you know turning a program around in two years, and he said, well, no, he didn't do it in two years. You know, it took a long time. And uh, any college football fan knows that Kirby Smart got to the national championship game and went to <laughs> overtime the second year. He yeah. needs to do some reading uh, and, uh, when when he's out walking in the woods. Uh, quickly before we go, Charles Barkley, uh, not surprising he was asked about Georgia this week, being that he's an Auburn guy. He said he didn't hate Georgia. Uh, one man can't have that much hate in his heart. He, he, he said he hates Alabama, and then he backed off of that, and he said it's really not Alabama. Got a lot of respect for Nick Saban. It's the fans. I'm wondering, um, he calls them ungrateful brats. What's your reaction to that? Well, I've heard, I've heard Charles say this before, and, and, and by the way, uh, too much too much equivocating there, Chuck. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean mo- most people look at fans, you know, judge fans by their fan, uh, judge judge schools by their fans. Yeah, I mean, I get that all the time on our show. People, I, I hate these Alabama fans calling it. I mean, that that's part of what we do, um, and. I mean, I, I think a lot of people would agree with him, and I, I quite, quite frankly think Saban's – I mean, Saban's wife a number of years ago made, uh, took a shot at the fans, if you remember, Mark. Yeah. Uh, Alabama fans expect to win. I, I, I'm all for them. I don't think they're un, they're ungrateful. They're just they're just fans. Conjured up memories. I, I, I think that's what it's all about. You know, Paul, I conjured up memories. Didn't you write a couple of books one time about hating Auburn, hating Alabama? Well, it was actually uh, a series. I, I did about fifty-four uh, joke books many years ago, and I just—I uh, hate Auburn, Georgia, Florida. I, it was supposed to be Auburn and Alabama, and then somebody at the, uh, the, the, the head of books of me and dialed it up, and, and he suddenly realized why? Why do two books when we can do fifty-four all saying the same thing? <laughs> Paul, great stuff, man. Uh, enjoyed it as always. Have a great week. We'll do it again next week. Thanks, Mark. Yep. All right, uh, scoreboard traffic and weather next. The opening kickoff continues. Uh, Eli Gold, the voice of the Crimson Tide at 7.30. Jim Nagy at 8 o'clock. Plenty going on here on a Thursday edition. It's the opening kickoff. Stay with us. I'm Laura Rutledge with ESPN. You're listening to WNSP 105.5. Keep it right here for the best sports information in Mobile. All right, 727, short segment. We went long with Paul, but uh, we appreciate you guys hanging with us. Eli Gold coming up here in just a minute. Yeah, that was the uh, Braves' conclusion. The walk-off win uh, hurt the Cubs' chances for the wild card. They're locked in with Miami for the third wild card slot. Mobile and facial surgery will be with us tomorrow when we go out to St. Michael's Catholic School in the Fairhope area. That's our game day. We really thank Dr. Christopher Mullenix and his staff uh, for sponsoring our game days. Now, Dr. Mullenix and Dr. Aaron Wallander perform a range of surgeries from dental implants, wisdom teeth, jaw surgery, and much, much more. No referral needed. Certainly, you get my recommendation. I've been there enough to know how well professional they are and how personable that staff is. Dr. Mullenix has been serving 
the Mobile area for over 20 years. You can book an appointment by calling simply at 471-3381. And in most cases, they do take same-day appointments. They're located at 715 Downtowner Boulevard. Uh, somebody was asking about the Texas AM quarterback. Yeah, he's likely to miss the remainder of the year. Uh, that, according to Jimbo Fisher, he confirmed that yesterday. So Max Johnson, who came off the bench against Auburn, will start moving forward. So there was some debate as to whether or not Fisher was misleading the media right after that game. I don't think that was the case. I just think he he spoke on the information he had at the time. But it does appear um, – He's going to miss significant time, if not. I don't know what he gains out of misleading. No, I don't. That's what I'm saying. I, you know, but it was such a kind of reversal of what was said initially. Uh, You know how people are. So I think they got up there, and I know some people that follow Texas A&M or cover Texas A&M were actually on social media, almost kind of defending Jimbo Fisher and been like, "No, bro, it it really wasn't like that." They do have a a tough game with Arkansas this week. It's a very competitive series, and that's one of those 11 a.m. games. All right, when we come back, the voice of the Crimson Tide, Eli Gold, set to join us right here on the sports station, WNSP. long ago and got very criticized for is this what we want college football to become so it's becoming what it's becoming and and that's okay I mean we'll just adapt and do what we have to do to be able to compete uh, whatever the circumstances are so um, do I think that it would be uh, judicious to have some guardrails on some things Uh, I think you can figure that one out just as well as anybody else. That's Alabama coach Nick Saban. Welcome back in the opening kickoff. Mark Lee and Bronner in the studios of WNSP. Segment brought to you by Dex Imaging featuring Eli Gold, the voice of the Crimson Tide. Good morning, sir. How are you doing this morning? I am well, gentlemen. Good morning to you. Eli, what would you take away from the Alabama win over Ole Miss last Saturday? Well, what I took away is that that's what I had seen when I was watching Alabama do the uh, preseason scrimmages. I saw the running game. I saw the um, pass protection in the second half. I saw the, um, you know, the, the, all the different wrinkles that a guy like Jalen Milrow can bring to the table. That's what I had been expected, expecting because that's what I saw in, in the preseason scrimmages. And uh, I was glad to finally see it uh, manifest itself uh, last weekend. Can you recall how you handled or what was running through your mind with that miscommunication over whether first down or not and how Alabama reacted to that and and having to go for a you know a, a short distance play when they actually had the first down yeah i i i 
I'll be very honest. I was a little confused myself, and uh, I think as most everybody else was. But that's where I just reverted to describing what you see. I didn't let myself get into a jam by speculating, and this should have been this, or did they lose it down, or this, that, and the other. Uh, I just uh, described what I saw. But, yeah, it was, um, I, I was kind of confused along with many others, uh, I'm sure. Eli, Eli Gold, the voice of the Crimson Tide, our guest here on WNSP. Uh, not necessarily better or worse, but do you find that you get a different perspective uh, in the press box, calling the game as opposed to sitting at home? Uh, do you pick up on different things or trends or intricacies of the game that you may may not if if you were at the other place? You know what I mean? Is it is it di- how is it different from a pers- from a football perspective? Mm, um, that's a good question. I, I don't know. I've not. I've just done the one. You know, I've done the uh, yeah. I did the Tampa Bay game or the uh, South Florida game, rather. Uh, you know, I, w- I was here at home watching it as opposed to being at Raymond James Stadium. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm sure, you know, because if nothing else, uh, if you're watching it on television or even if you're listening on the radio, you're getting the perspective of, you know, on TV I watched it and, you know, I'm listening to what Bob Wischusen was saying as the TV play-by-play guy. Uh, when I shifted over to the radio for a while and listened to Chris, uh, I was getting the perspective that he had and maybe things differed a little bit uh, from my perspective to what they were saying but uh, you know that's that's no different than watching any sporting event at home uh, that you're not broadcasting so uh, it was it was different but uh, you know it was it, it was what it was all right well we're just uh, what a couple games into the season are you getting the perspective that maybe this Alabama team is a throwback to when Nick Saban took over the hard-nosed defense the running game versus what has become very big in college football with the RPO and the passing game? Yeah, so far it has. Now, does that mean it's going to be forever? You know, you guys know better, or as well as I, we we, we can't predict anything at this stage of the season. But, uh, you know, you're you're getting the running game that Jalen Milrow brings to the table. You're getting play-action passes that you know he does so very well and that's probably going to be i would guess what do i know but it would that'll probably be one of the things we talk about next week as to why alabama beat mississippi state uh, the running game and the play action uh, is going to be uh, i would assume uh, a, a major factor factor come uh, Saturday night so uh, yeah that that could well be uh, you know a throwback look but whatever it is as long as they're winning I'll take it Saturday night eight o'clock kickoff time Uh, Chris is going to be on the broadcast I guess you'll be watching it at home do you prefer the 11 a.m. game or a late game like that at eight o'clock if you were involved I'm, I prefer the 11 o'clock if I was involved. Uh, the truth of the matter is I probably prefer a 1 o'clock 
in the afternoon kind of game, a one or two, something like that. But uh, no, if, uh, sitting around all day, uh, particularly on the road, uh, where you may not have all your family and friends with you, to, uh, and all of this. But no, I'm uh, the this, and actually, it's going to be. No late, no earlier than eight ten is what the kickoff is going to be, and it could be uh, there could be another slide in there depending upon what's happening on the televised game that precedes Alabama. So uh, yeah, it's going to be a late night, and then of course you got to you know you drive home or you drive back to. Columbus to go to a hotel, whatever. It just makes for a terribly long night. So, uh, yeah, if I have a choice, you see, I normally, or at least in years past, I would work somewhere on Sunday. On Sunday, you know, whether it was a NASCAR race on a Sunday, whether it's an NFL game on a Sunday, you know, I, I like those 11 o'clock games. So, you know, you get out, you're done by 2, and you're on the way, and you're in the next city by, uh, you know, 10 o'clock that night. So, um, yeah, I prefer the uh, the early game if I have a choice. Eli Gold with us now. Let me ask you something. There have been a lot of tributes to you uh, with TV games acknowledging the fact that you're back. Do you get much time before a game to talk to, let's say, opposing announcers, let's say from the other team or the TV announcers before the game? Do you ever sit down and, and have time to go back and forth, go over notes and things like that? Actually, I don't with the TV guys because I'm now I'm doing the home games. So, you know, the television booth for uh, Bama games at Bryant Denny is across the stadium. They never moved when 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 the school moved the press box to where it is now on as I'll call it this side of the stadium. Uh, and you know, TV never moved, so I don't see these guys at all. Uh, you know, unless like Tom Hart came on uh, a few weeks ago as the media guest on the Nick Saban show, uh, but you know he just you know he commented how great it was to see me back and healthy, but we didn't get into anything any further than that. Um, you know, last week, well, when we have just uh, you know when we have our buddies from Ole Miss, for instance, in town, well, David Kellum, the voice of the Rebels, is in the booth immediately beside us. Um, so again, only TV and the and the assistant coaches stayed on the other side. Uh, everybody else, the whole press operation is now where we are. So I don't see these guys. When, when Bob Wischusen gave me a, a shout-out um, in, uh, in Tampa, uh, I was shocked. I mean, I was watching it just like you guys were. And, um, you know, I've known Bob for years, uh, but he and I never talked. We didn't discuss. I hadn't seen him. Uh, I hadn't seen Bob since I did a Jets game um, at the Meadowlands uh, a year or two previous, so I was shocked at that. But, you know, we're a small fraternity. Uh, we are a small fraternity, and uh, if somebody gets, you know, very, very, very sick, uh, you know, we're all pulling for that person and, and, and wishing for the best. So, uh, uh, but I was I was totally surprised when, when some of these shout-outs come my way. Before you took over Alabama broadcasting, I believe, what, eight 
1989, somewhere around there. Yeah, did, 88 for basketball, 89 for football. Did yes. you have a favorite SEC football play-by-play announcer or somebody that you really kind of gravitated to? In the SEC? Yes. Not necessarily. Uh, not necessarily. Uh, I didn't know the guys that well. I mean, I know who they were, obviously. But I meant to listening, know, to listening to them. That's what I meant as far as listening. I'd have to maybe John Ward. Uh, not that I liked the Tennessee Volunteers because I couldn't stand them uh, in a nice way. Uh, but, you know, the way he could captivate a listening audience. You know, when he signed on and it was football time in Tennessee, I mean, there was tradition. That, that sentence was just steeped in tradition. And I loved the relationship that he had built up with his uh, with his listeners. Um, but still, at that point, back in the late '80s, uh, I was still and still am. I love the National Football League. I love the National Hockey League. I love Major League Baseball. Uh, I mean, I was a fan of Marv Albert uh, because that's who I grew up listening to in New York City uh, before I moved down here. You know, Marv did uh, the and the Rangers, both on WNBC, Radio 66. So I, I loved listening to him. But I guess in the SEC, it probably um, it probably had to be John Ward simply because of the ability he had to describe things. And that's what I like to do. I love to describe stuff. And, uh, and, and he was really good at that. Can you describe Dex Imaging? The best. End of discussion. <laughs> yeah. Dex Imaging, folks, if you don't know, Dex Imaging is a company that has outlets everywhere, all across the country. Uh, you know, every, every sporting event you watch, you'll see Dex, D-E-X, written on the equipment, on the dasher boards, on the whatever it might be. Dex Imaging provides to you business machines for your office. People, somebody asked me that once, and I thought I had made it. They, they supply business machines for your office. And not just one manufacturer, they're an independent. So they will find the machine that's best for you and get your business up and running the way it needs to be at a price that you can afford. Dex Imaging. You know, there's nothing like a copier that does the job and cranks out those copies and, and, the, and gets the uh, uh, gets all the scanning done and what have you. Nobody does it any better than Dex. So trust me and trust the University of Alabama. Trust so many schools where they have Dex imaging machines everywhere you look. D-E-X, Dex, and online it's DexImaging.com. All right. Uh, we'll be listening tonight. Hey, Coach, 630. Uh, I guess Nick comes on about 7 to join yeah, you. Yeah, he'll be on at 7. Mick Potter, the uh, the uh coach for uh, diving, swimming and diving, he'll be on uh, first, and then uh, Ryan Hennessy, the uh, sports director from Channel 13 in Birmingham, he will be the uh, media guest tonight. Hey, Eli, great stuff, man. Always appreciate your time. Have a great week. 
All right, fellas, take care. Talk to you soon. That's Eli Gold. Speaking of the uh, Crimson Tide, WNSP's Alabama Watch Party is set for Saturday's game against Mississippi State. Come on out to the Stables Bar downtown right off St. Francis Street uh, for the big game. We'll be giving away an Alabama jersey courtesy of the vault. That will take place at halftime. But as soon as you walk in, you'll be able to score a free WNSP T-shirt during the game. They'll have plenty of great uh, deals, uh, bar deals. Air Sports One will be out there. There's a big patio. You can't miss us. It's the WNSP Alabama Watch Party this Saturday at the Stables Bar downtown off St. Francis Street. Come on by and say hi. We'll uh, wrap up hour number two next right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. Hi, this is Blake Stein, former Spring Hill Badger and Kansas City Royal, and you're listening to WNSP Sports Radio. Wrapping up hour number two. Thanks for hanging with us. The opening kickoff. All right. Well, you heard the voice before me. He beat me to the punch about bachelor service. But I can tell you this. They've been in business for over 50 years. So if some business can last that long, they must be doing something right. And that is the case with bachelor service. Thanks to great people like Rick True and his staff. They get it done for you. Uh, they've got the Daikin products. Uh, Pro offering the Daikin line of air conditioning equipment with the most state-of-the-art technology available in the industry. Uh, they have plumbing services available. They've got uh, uh, purification, air purification products. They've got house generators. But, but here's the really good thing. They got that $79 per system tune-up special. And if you're unfamiliar with it, I suggest you give them a call and become a part of that. That $79 tune-up special where they'll come to your home and service their heating and air conditioning system. Look, Bachelor Service is our team of the day. They've been our team of the day on Thursdays for a long, long time. They should be your team of the day also. If you have any needs in air conditioning or heating, they're the ones to call. Uh, give them a call at 476 43 21 or better yet go to the, the internet service bachelorservice.com all right you guys can jump in or uh, spout off in the app whatever uh, suits your fancy here is we got some time to talk to you at 694-1055 charles barkley says alabama fans a bunch of spoiled little brats uh i was quarterback through the oc underneath the under the bus nick saban uh plausible deniability on whether or not they uh they pay recruits to come on campus for official visits it's dish on this charles barkley five thousand dollars what's up on charles barkley you got a problem with charles no i think he's right <laughs> i oh. think he's pretty spot on honestly uh i mean i do, I, do you disagree no not not in the least I, I just thought it was interesting that he always claims to hate alabama but he actually clarified it's not really Alabama he hates. He hates the fans, and it's the general the world is coming to an end. Uh, he has great perspective on a number of things, uh, and he, he put it in perspective. He said, you got the greatest coach of all time. Uh, I, I, I think what he's saying is he, he, he would be more than happy to trade uh, his team's success over the years with Alabama's well, success. Obviously. I mean, we talked about this a little bit on Monday. You guys were at Baumhauer's, but – that's why I think Alabama needs a season where the wins all come tough and root out the fa the uh, complacency completely from the fan base. Like, I'm going to be happy every time Alabama wins again. I don't care how it looks, frankly. 
Yeah, they were bad in the first half on Saturday and got it done and dominated Ole Miss in the second half. But that also doesn't that also run counter to the idea that Saban makes his guys play to a certain standard? I mean, I think the standard, so, quote-unquote, is, you know, if we're talking about, like, 2018, like, blowing teams out, I don't think that standard, quote-unquote, is achievable with this team. It just isn't. But, I I, but my point is, is if, if he holds them to a certain standard which they have to play to, and you're cheering for something below that standard, aren't you kind of cheering for mediocrity? Well, I'm cheering to win games, and they won the game, and they played really well in the second half. But you see, in today's college football, it's more than just winning games. It's how you win games. It's going to take more than just winning games. If Alabama rattled off 10 wins in a row and won the SEC championship, it's not. I mean, they're going to the playoff at that point. I'll give you that one. So, For, for mean, real, for real, as the kids say. For real, for real. I mean, it doesn't really matter how they look if they go 12-1 and one and are SEC champions. They're making the playoffs. You know, we so. had a coach on earlier who said, don't forget, you have scholarship players on the other side of the football, too. So... They have something to say about, you know, whether there's going to be a blowout or route or something like that. So that's always been my feeling, too. I happen to agree with Michael. A win's a win. I don't care if it's you go back. I looked at some of Bear Bryant's games, 10-9. They, they weren't all blowouts. You, you, it, and he, you know, even the coaches will say this at the end of the year. It's not about, well, we're going to go back and say, well, we didn't blow this team out or something. It's your record, and the wins are the most important thing. So but, but from that, I, I kind of buy into that, that a win's a win. Now, but, but, I mean, we remember the Gene Stallings years where they were winning by three and seven, and, right. and people were complaining sure. uh, that it weren't winning by enough. So I think it goes in cycles, right? You win big for a long time, you get complacent, and then you're like Bronner where you want a couple of close ones just to put everybody in their place. And then when you get too many of those, people are going to start complaining about how they need to start playing better. Well, I think as a fan, now this is me as a fan, I enjoy the competitive games. I think we all do. They are fun. I'm not, you know, clicking off uh, a a game that's really competitive into the third or fourth quarter. I'm going to stay with it from a fan standpoint. Now, you two being Alabama alums, you could better address the fact about – you know, our, 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 the, the Alabama fans, uh, to me, it just seems like over the years in getting to know them, they have these high expectations and they're a little spoiled because they're so used to winning. And if they don't win by big scores, they get kind of depressed. Now, I've been with Alabama fans, uh, Michael, who get very depressed when they lose a game, they, way beyond my, way I, beyond what you would expect. I'd put myself in that category, but I I mean does does that does this all mean you know I'm okay with looking terrible against South Florida? No, but that being said, an SEC wins. They an get SEC to the win. championship game, the SEC. Oh, I'll be thrilled. Right, what I'm just saying, but you get to the championship game, you're not going to be thinking, oh gee, we just barely got by South Florida. No, sure. I mean if you you run up victories and as you said, you run up. 10 in a row or whatever it takes now to get to the SEC championship game, a win's a win, and that's the important thing. Ideally, that South Florida game becomes a distant memory rather than a sign of what was to come. Oh, look, if they get to the SEC championship game, the narrative now becomes this is Nick Saban's best coaching job of his career. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's the 180. That's the spin, right? If they want, regardless of deficits or how much they win by, if he gets to the SEC championship and and wins it, I can't wait to craft this narrative. (laughs) And and as I look at it now, and again, and it's tough to speculate because you don't know about injuries. You don't know who's going to be quarterbacking in many cases. But right now, I look at LSU as the team 
that has to be beaten, that they're standing in the way. Uh, <laughs> after their loss to Florida State, I've been impressed with LSU, what they've done. And as Paul pointed out about an hour ago, you know, their game coming up against Ole Miss, it's on the road. So that's going to be another important game for LSU. But right now, in looking at Alabama's schedule, who else do you see where they might go in there and not be favored against? Well, they, I mean, LSU had a scare on Saturday, yeah. too. With Arkansas. I, I yeah. love KJ Jefferson at Arkansas. He's I think he's the good. best quarterback in yeah, the but, SEC. Oh, can I say something about it? Go ahead. I, I, I agree with you from the physical standpoint, but yet so many games, they don't win. You know what I'm saying? You're I mean, he gets, him, he gets him to that point, but then they, they implode. I, I don't get it. Uh, I mean, they have talent on the team. We'll see what they do against A&M, which has been one of the most competitive series in the SEC for a while. But it's like, yeah, it's nice to have KJ there, but yet when you need it, he doesn't get it done. It's a good point, Lee. I can't figure out Arkansas. I think they've struggled on on defense quite a bit, especially in the secondary. Like last year, I mean, Bryce was carving them up before he got hurt, and then you know they were able to come back because Milro couldn't throw the ball, to be honest with you. Uh, but, uh, I mean, so it, it's a weird line. The game's being played in, in Dallas at Cowboys Stadium. It was a rematch from last year, and even though Wigman's out for the season, uh, A&M is still favored by, like, almost a touchdown. Well, so. that's because, you know, Matt Johnson has had experience. He went quarterback to LSU. He's good. He, he looked good against Auburn. He, I think, In fact, I think he was playing better than Wigman before Wigman went out. Yeah, I, I, I do. I really like Arkansas this week, but... You know, I've been I've been fooled before. I liked Arkansas in that matchup last year, and uh, if you remember the game last year, A and M Arkansas, Arkansas should have won. They were going in for they're in a play where they were going in from the one. A and M had a 99 yard scoop and score. Yeah, and I, I part of me thinks that Ole Miss is going to come out a little flat against uh, I kind of think so LSU. Too. Right? He put he doesn't say it, but you could just tell. We talked about this earlier this week too. Kiffin put so much in that Alabama game. Yeah. Like, they, all his assistants want to beat Saban. That team's dead. But you get a sense that nobody wants to beat him more than Kiffin. I don't really know why, but you could just, he's so, like, coaches are always pissed after they lose, but he looked just so utterly defeated in that post-game press conference. It's like he had this opportunity, he knew it. And he just couldn't get it done. Could he be still remembering back to how Saban told him to take a walk after he took the job at, what was it, FAU and just said, yeah. we don't need you around here anymore? Yeah. You, you think maybe he gets, like, the sweats or something when he's on a tarmac? Just from his <laughs> USC days? Like, do you think, like, he has, like, night terrors? <laughs> People still talk about it. Yep. All right. Uh, coming up next, Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl. Stay with us. The opening kickoff continues right here on the sports station, WNSP. This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station, 105.5 FM, WNSP, and on the Sound of Mobile app. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Hine, Lee Shervanian, and Michael Brauner. The opening kickoff. Here are Mark, Lee, and Michael. Here we are, our number three on this Thursday edition. Thanks for hanging with us. Uh, stay patient, people. Your chance at some fried deliciousness is coming up in this hour, so stay tuned for that. We're ready to go to oh, yeah. Senior Bowl Executive Director Jim Nagy back with us uh, to talk about, well, the NFL and also about the Senior Bowl. Jim, welcome back. Good morning. How are you today? I'm doing great, guys. 
Some advice for those who want to vote on the 75th anniversary Senior Bowl team. How's that going? It's going well. You know, Lee, this, this reference might be lost on you a little bit. I know Mark will get it. I know Bronner will get it. But there's a movie called Step Brothers. And this is like the <laughs> Catalina Wine Mixer. This is a big deal. Um, we're bringing all these legends back to Mobile for this uh, for this 75th this year. So, no, it's, we only got uh, – we're closing down the voting this weekend. Uh, we're closing it October 1st. So, uh, And I will tell you, I, I don't know if we've got quite the local responses we needed because right now there's not a single Auburn or Alabama player uh, voted – that would make it right now in the fan vote. And we, wow. we're doing an NFL panel as well. Um, so it's not just going to be the fan vote. But even with even just with the fan vote, like Sean Alexander wouldn't be in at running back. Cornelius Bennett wouldn't be in. Um, so it's uh, it's interesting. You know, some of, the, some of the school fan bases, LSU, Michigan, and even Alabama did one. Alabama did a graphic for it. Um, and then some of the NFL teams did a bunch of stuff to support it. Those are the, those are the guys that are voted right now. Like, like Booger McFarland uh, from ESPN. Booger's a big name, but, but LSU helped promote him. Um, he's in over Bryant Young, who's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, the great 49ers defensive tackle. So, uh, so some, interesting, some interesting things in the fan vote right now. So, Jim, I, I just want to say this before we move forward. You, you set the bar pretty high for the rest of this interview with your stepbrother's reference in the words I never thought I'd hear on this show, Booger is a big name. So I'm just saying you set the bar pretty high moving forward. So there's pr- pretty high expectations here. I knew you would know the Step Brothers reference. I mean, it's the Catalina wine mixer. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's kind of that's kind of how we're referencing it in the office that it's the Catalina wine mixer. Jim, talk about some of the uh, senior bowlers off last year's class that are making a name for themselves in the NFL so far this season. I think anyone following fantasy or on a fantasy team, which today in America is about 95% of people, I think. Um, We'll know these names, like Puka Nakua, uh, the receiver from the from the L.A. Rams, is a guy that probably nobody knew last year when he was in, in Mobile, uh, a receiver from BYU who ended up going in the fifth round, and now he's he's on to the best start in NFL in NFL history. Um, I think he's got the most catches and the most yards by a, a rookie receiver through three games, and it's not even close. So, um, so that's a that's a cool story. Like you know, some we always talk about it that. You know, some of these guys aren't household names when they're here in Mobile, but they end up being one. Um, and Puka's kind of been the buzz of the NFL so far. And, uh, and another guy, Tank Dell, over in, over in Houston, just staying at the receiver position. Uh, it has really clicked with C.J. Stroud so far. Had like a 145-yard game the other day. Uh, really dynamic playmaker. He, he was uncoverable last year down here at the game, so it doesn't surprise me that he's, he's doing what he's doing. But, uh, yeah, that's just two of the guys. But it, it's a lot of fun. This, this time of year is a lot of fun seeing which rookies – uh, kind of hit the ground running, so it's been fun watching those guys. You you turn out a watch list. You have a lot of names on there, but are there players in college football now that have emerged who did not appear on the watch list that possibly could be coming to Mobile? Uh, yeah, and again, the watch list this year was bigger than we, we usually have because all the guys that came out of high school in 2020 are eligible, whether they registered in 2020 or not. The NFL is treating that 2020 COVID year is an accrued season. So we've got a bunch of redshirt juniors that normally wouldn't be available to us that are. So there's about two or 300 extra names right now that are, that are on the board through the watch list that we're, uh, that we're vetting out through the fall. But, but yeah, there's been a few, there's been some guys that weren't even on it. Um, and that happens every year. You got 700 and some names. Um, and there's guys that, that weren't even on. I'm trying to think off the top of my head right now. Um, what about the Auburn linebacker who scored the touchdown for defense, uh, who was making all their tackles? Yeah, you, 
Yeah, Eugene Asante. Um, that's a really good one. Eugene's been great. What I didn't know that his brother Larry, uh, Larry Asante played in the Senior Bowl. Um, I remember Larry when he played. He was a linebacker in Nebraska, but I did not know those two were brothers. And uh, yeah, he's the guy that was on the scout team last year at Auburn, and now they put him on the field. And and uh, I think anyone that stayed up late and watched that Cal game um, got introduced to uh, Eugene Asante. He was all over the field that night. Um, so yeah, he's put himself in really good position for an invite. Like. I know Owen Papo was a really big name for Auburn fans over the last few years. Eugene Asante is making more plays right now than Owen Papo ever made. So, um, yeah, he, he's, he's definitely one of them. He's definitely one of the guys that's gotten an opportunity that was really kind of off the radar heading into the year that, that's put, him in a, put himself in a good spot right now. Some of your teams that uh, you favor are off to great starts. Michigan, of course, undefeated, ranked number two. But what about tonight's NFL game? Lions and Packers on a Thursday night, one of the greatest rivalries in the NFL. Some thoughts on that game tonight, Jim? Yeah, it's a great old-school rivalry. Um, it used to be, you know, they rotate the Thanksgiving Day games now. I don't think a lot of people know this, but back in the day, you'll remember this, Lee. I mean, it used to be it used to be Packers-Lions every Thanksgiving. Um, so it's a, it's a pretty heated rivalry. Uh, Christian Watson's coming back for the Green Bay Packers, which is which is big. It's big for my fantasy team too. Um, but it's a great it's a great matchup. Detroit's playing well. I mean, you go into Arrowhead and knock off the the Chiefs in in Week One. Um, they you know they got beat by Seattle in Week Two, but then they rebounded last week and looked really good. So I think this Lions team is real. Um, and then you look at what Green Bay did last week coming back against the Saints. Uh, sorry, Mark. Sorry for bringing that up. But yeah, you're breaking um, up there, Jim. You're breaking up. Tonight tonight should be a really fun game. Uh, he's Jim Nagy. I don't. I guess I told him he set the bar high, and and, and he's failing miserably with that last comment. Hey, I do want to. Uh, I do. Uh, speaking of, uh, of of NFL games, you do your own thing on Monday nights, and I got as, as cool as that is. You guys have been out at a bunch of different high schools, uh, and I know that's got to be one of the highlights of, of your job. I know you, you you do a lot of different things, but man, that's got to be one of the cooler things. Yeah, we try to get out to, well, we don't try. We do. We're at a game every Friday night. Um, I'm trying to think of where we're going to be this year. Last, last week we were at Baker um, watching them. And just to support the community, support these high school guys um, and get out there. And we, we set up a big tent. If you were at one of the games, you won't, you won't miss us. It's kind of obnoxious. We set up a big <laughs> senior bowl tent. And uh, we ordered, I mean, you should see how many little foam footballs, um, senior bowl branded foam footballs we have in the office. So we bring those out for the kids. Uh, little pom poms too, coloring books, and just to uh, just to try to you know get out there in the community a little bit. And then uh, you know we've done some we've done some uh, some equipment drops. Yeah. Um, over the last couple of weeks that have been a lot of fun too. So we you know we raised a lot of money with the with the Hall of Fame golf tournament in the summer, and we've you know with the Mobile Baldwin Athletic Partnership, we've we've given 13 schools in the community ten thousand dollars over the last two years. And we were up at Baldwin County the other day, and they they got a jug machine, one of those machines that like shoots balls out oh, yeah. for receivers and punt returners and kick returners. And um, I did not know how much those cost. They are a pretty penny. There's not many high schools that have those, but now Baldwin County's got one. So so that's been fun too, man. Just getting out and seeing the high school guys and um, connecting with them. They're the future. I mean, they're the future of, of football. They're the future of our community. These are the future community leaders. So uh, we really want to support those guys. Jim, which uh, college football game has piqued your interest this coming Saturday? Yeah, well, it's Auburn-Georgia just because that's the one I'm going to. Uh, um, there were some great matchups last week. You know, that, that Notre Dame-Ohio State game did not 
did not let anyone down. That was a great football game. Um, but I'll be up there at Auburn in, in Georgia, and that's, that's a huge rivalry. Um, I think we still don't know what either of these teams are yet. Um, you know, it was a little bit of a disappointing loss. I thought Auburn would play, play Texas A&M a little tougher um, last week. So, but we'll see. And I, I still don't think we know what Georgia is. Um, you know, they're, they're talented, but they've got a, new, a lot of new players out there. So that should be a good one. They've uh, had a lot of their players go to the NFL. We talked about that yesterday. Is this a team that you, that you know about that's loaded with NFL players coming off this year's team? You're saying Georgia? Yes, Georgia. Yeah, they, but, they're, but they're really young. Um, they actually don't have a lot of senior bowl eligible guys this year. They've got a, they've got a couple of really good offensive linemen. Um, Cedric Van Pran's one of the best centers in the draft. He's a really good player. Um, the guy playing next to him at left guard, Xavier Truss, is a good player. Um, and then they've got Lad McConkey at receiver. I mean, I think a lot of people that have watched Georgia have seen Lad play. Lad, Lad, I think Lad's our second-rated receiver on the board right now. So, um, so they've got a few, and the ones they have are pretty good, but they're also playing a lot of young people, and that it, it would make sense because they've lost so many guys to the league over the last couple of years. But, but, you know, Kirby's got that thing where, where Alabama had Tuscaloosa, where, where Nick had Tuscaloosa a few years ago. I mean, they're just they're just kind of reloading right now. And, um yeah, a lot of good young players on that roster. What are you hearing about the Mississippi State quarterback, Will Rogers, who's maybe on the verge of becoming the all-time career passing leader in the SEC as far as NFL credentials? Do you like him? Well, I love Will, uh, the person. I, I got to spend some time around him at the, at the Manning camp, and he, he might have been my favorite guy when it comes to just, like, off the field. Like, if there was a, if there were one of those quarterbacks just to, like, hang out and, and uh, you know, have a – have a uh, non-alcoholic beer with or something like that. It, was, it was, might be Will Rogers. Um, really, really cool guy. He works with David Morris at QB Country. And uh, talking to him, he was really excited this year to get out of the air raid system and really prove to NFL people that he could play outside of that system that he put up all those numbers in. Um, and so far, it hasn't really clicked, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect it to um, in a new offense. Now, they're, they're running back to Aquavius Marks. Um, is off to a great start in that offense, but uh, I think it's only a matter of time. I think Will's a good player, and like I said, he's got all the stuff that NFL teams are going to love in the interviews. Like he's just he's really he's really easy guy to like. Um, he's kind of just kind of a kind of a, a, a good down home dude. Uh, really easy to talk to. Um, so so we're, so I'm pulling for him. I hope that I hope he pulls it together and ends up having a really good year. Now you open the door for this next question because you mentioned your fantasy football team. So um, can, can you share with the folks the, the name of said squad? Yeah, this year what did I change it to? I just changed. Oh, so I have Isaiah Likely. Yeah, because I never gave you the team name last year. Right, um, right, right. I have Isaiah Likely, a tight end from the Ravens who is in our game from Coastal Carolina, and then I've got Romeo Romeo Dobbs. Um, who played in our game from a couple of years ago, a receiver from Nevada, who's on the Packers. So, so, uh, and a lot of people say Romeo's last name is Dubs. So my, my team name is likely Dubs, like a likely W. So, um, tried to be catchy with it. It's probably stupid, but, um, I tried to fit a couple senior bowlers in my in my team name this year. All right, so I feel like maybe you have an advantage based on what you do for a living and what your skill set is. Do you, do you, you got to win your fantasy league every year, right? If not, it's it's it's, no, of it's kind of a disappointment. Of course not, of course not, because everyone in the office follows what I do on Twitter. So like, I didn't even I, I posted something about taking Puka Nakua in my in my fantasy league like two days before our draft online. Yeah, and uh, and then and then Dave Rogers in the office jumped me and took Puka Nakua like uh. before I did. Um, 
Yeah, I didn't get Tank Dell. Tank Dell was another guy. So they all know. They all they all know who my favorites are because I really don't hold anything off off social media. So uh, you would say I'm two and one right now. I'm two and one. Um, I beat one of our interns this week. Uh, I took a bad <laughs> loss. I took a bad loss in week two. So um, so we'll see. But no, I in in the last, in five years, I don't know if I've won the league. I can't remember. Wow. I don't think I have. Jim, are you telling me that's all it takes? I only got to follow you on Twitter to win my fantasy league. I'm zero and three. I put a lot out there, Michael. I mean, you would have known about Puka. You would have known about Tank. I mean, some of these guys, Jaden Reed from Green, um, Damian Pierce last year. Uh, I tell people all the time, like, real football is fantasy football. It's not that hard. If you if you follow the real stuff and you kind of know how these teams use players, um, it's, it's, it's really not that hard. What I need to do is keep my mouth shut around the office so uh, <laughs> I don't give away any of my, so, any of my secrets, any of my, my draft list. I, I mean, I don't do, – do you think – do we have to reprimand the intern, or how, do, how does that work? Well, no, she took a loss this week, so that's good. But um, but, but, but but I, I guess what I'm – I Did she throw it, though? I mean, because she's the intern, did she said, I don't want to get the boss mad. I'm going to throw this. I mean, it's it's a lack I of – I don't know. I don't know. You know, I hope, I hope not. Megan's great. I hope Megan didn't tank for me. Um, I hope I won straight up this week, but uh, – but no, the fantasy the fantasy league's a lot of fun. We don't we don't take it too seriously. It's a, it's a lot of fun. All right, well we'll get her on at some point and, and we'll find out the truth. Um, and we'll we'll see how it goes. <laughs> hey man, we appreciate right, you coming I'll, aboard. I'll, all right, guys, thanks for having me on again. Yep, that's Jim Nagy, ladies and gentlemen, the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl. You want success in your uh, fantasy football league? I knew check about him out Tank on Twitter Dell too from Jim Nagy. I don't, yep. I don't know why I messed up on All him. I'm saying is I got the same record as he does. Mm. So does that mean... You're talking about the Taco Mama Fantasy League? I am. So does that mean that... Uh, does that mean I could be the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl? I don't probably know. Let's, not. Let's take a look at the board this no, week. No, my guess is uh, he knows. He's probably forgotten more about guys than I'll ever know. I think that much is certain. We appreciate Jim coming aboard. All right. Uh, traffic and weather are up next right here on the Sports Station WNSP. My name is David Palmer, and I'm on WNFC 105.5. Thanks for hanging with us on this Thursday edition. It's the opening kickoff. Mark Lee and Bronner. All right. The uh, South Alabama Jags are on the road this week playing a very tough James Madison team. But I remind you their next home game will be on a Tuesday uh, coming up in October against Southern Miss. And you can get your tickets at usajaguars.com slash tickets. This coming uh, Friday, we got two, not one, but two Greer's Market and Cash Saver games of the week on WNSP St. Paul's Faith and on the Crab uh, you'll hear Sarah Land against Foley and to that I want to welcome in a good friend uh, Jan Enfinger with uh, Greer's. Jan welcome to the show good morning how are you today? Oh good morning good morning we are so uh, blessed to be uh, enjoying lots of great commentary and football and Wish all these youngsters the very best as they compete as a team. Thank you all. Jane, you've been in business with Greer's, not you personally, because it's been over 100 years. <laughs> but Greer's is celebrating, what, their 107th. I wanted you to talk about 
some of the things that Greer's does to give back to the community? Oh, gosh, thank you so much. For 107 years, doing good is what we like to um, focus on. So not only sponsoring tons of the football, athletics, and educational high schools, but, you know, we are a partner with Goodwill Easter Seals, Feeding the Gulf Coast. We work with the local um, TV station to sponsor Making Spirits Bright, um, all the 10 caring gifts, Smiles Behind the Shields. You know, we just love the communities that we serve, Mike, and we're, we're 29 stores, three states, so lots of Mississippi and Florida opportunities as well as right here, you know, in our hometown, Mobile, Alabama. I'm very familiar with the Greer's Apples for the uh, students program. Is that still going strong? Yes, I was gonna. I was hoping you were gonna ask me about that. We kicked off our fifteenth year, and um, I'm excited that Robert Greer's daughter Sarah, who joined the family business almost two years ago, she is my head cheerleader. So she is. Um, working with all the stores to make sure that all the eligible schools understand and have the opportunity to sign up. And what happens is uh, customers shop our stores, our team members too. They give their receipts to their favorite school, and the schools earn free educational equipment and supplies. So over the years, over, gosh, $1.1 million in free uh, equipment and supplies has been shared back to the schools. They pick what they want, and if it's not in our catalog, they can make a special request um, for whatever it is they want, you know, funding a playground or um, something for the athletic department or something for the band, you know. So it's really fun, and, and, and so, yes, we are continuing that tradition. Jan, thanks so much for taking time to join us, and thank you for Greer's for being our sponsor for high school football. Have a wonderful day. We'll check in soon. You betcha. Take care now. You too. Bye-bye. All right, we got a big event coming up here in the Port City. We're going to tell you all about it when we come back. Continue with your comments in the app at WNSP.com. The opening kickoff continues uh, for the final time this week in studio, that is, because we're taking Air Force One on the road. Uh, but we'll tell you what's going on here in the last 30 minutes of our show right here on the Sports Station, WNSP and WNSP.com. into it he's gonna make it maybe easier we're going i tease him about a multiple choice i think we got a multiple choice here today boys and girls name the auburn football coach who was also once 
a head basketball coach at Georgia. This is the 128th renewal of the Deep South's oldest rivalry, Auburn, Georgia. I'm going to give you four names. Four names. Pat Dye. Okay. Mike Donahue. All right. Shig Jordan. Okay. John Heisman. All right. If you know the answer, he's giving you multiple choice. (laughs) Or just for fun, E, none of the above. (laughs) F, both A and C. No. If you know the answer, uh, be the first to get Bronner on the phone at 694-1055, and we will will get that answer. All All right. right. Major event coming up uh, a week from Saturday uh, at Lad People Stadium. Rather than me tell you about it, I've got Tim Hale on the line with us. He's going to talk about it. It is the uh, sixth annual Gulf Coast Challenge with the Sports uh, Mobile Sports Authority uh, helping bring this game to fruition. Tim, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today? Hey, what's up, guys? What's up? Glad, glad to be on. Glad to be on. What's All up? right. So who's who? what's the attraction on October 7th? Everything is the attraction. <laughs> Jackson State. At Alabama A&M, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be electric. It's going to be everything. Well, tell us about the two teams and what you know about them. Obviously, last year, Jackson State came here with Dion. He's gone. Is this team still the high-powered team they were a year ago? Yes, they are. Uh, coach TC, you know, that's the head coach now. He was actually the, the uh, running the offense. He was running the offense and doing a lot of the uh, logistics for the team. So, it was a great opportunity for Jackson State to continue in that in that uh, tradition. Now, of, co- of course, Dion did take a few players with him, but Jackson State had a strong recruiting class, and they ha- they are proven to be still strong, so they they're still winning. Uh, that's a good thing. And Alabama A and M is is uh, back on the come up. Um, so you got to realize these two teams are the last two SWAC championship teams uh, for the SWAC. So Alabama A&M won the SWAC two years ago, and Jack State, of course, has won the last two years. So these are uh, two uh, championship-quality teams that are going to be in Mobile, Alabama on this on next Saturday. Three o'clock game at Ladd Stadium a week from this coming Saturday. How can people get tickets? They can go to the website at uh, www.thegulfcoastchallenge.com. And if they're locally, they can go to Northside Ticket Stadium and get a hard copy ticket uh, right right there locally. Can you tell us how ticket sales are going now? Ticket sales have picked up. Um, with, with with a lot of HBCU games, a lot of HBCU football, it's really going to determine if your team wins or loses. Well, both teams are on a winning streak, and uh, Jackson State is going to be coming off a bye week, and the tickets for the last week have been constantly picking up bigger, more and faster. It, it just, it's just crazy. Uh, the hotels are selling out. Um, everything is going very fast right now, so we're, we're excited. Tim, it's not just even about the game, though. I mean, you actually get started, what, midweek next week with the festivities and activities. Can you talk about that? Yeah, we get started early. Uh, Wednesday, we have a free concert in the uh, Mardi Gras Park. We're actually going to do three different concerts. we got a concert series that we're doing in Mardi Gras Park. Wednesday, you got a free concert with the R&B group, Shy. Then um, Thursday, we have a gospel explosion. With um, with platinum recording artist Mar- Marvin Sapp, he will be here. And then uh, Friday you'll have a, a pimp rally style. We're gonna have a second line parade, pimp rally style um, concert with uh, uh, Young Jock as the guy. Now on Thursday we also my favorite event is Thursday, and that's the college and career fair for all the students on this in this area. We service about 2,500 kids 
We service about 2,500 kids, and uh, they get to come directly to the colleges and careers and uh, come see the different jobs, and they're offered scholarships on the spot, and they're offered uh, jobs on the spot. So uh, we partner with Saudi Sea, and it's an outstanding event where kids walk out with scholarship money and jobs right then and there. Wonderful, Tim. That is really good. Do you uh, do you have a, a say in which teams are picked to come to Mobile? Are you on that either committee or you make the arrangements? Well, we we, we negotiate with various teams. Um, we we have another year contract with uh, Jackson State. We did a, we did a multi year deal with them this time, and yes, we go in and we talk to the biggest. We try to get the biggest and the best names in the swag, and. What we've been doing, um, Alabama A&M has committed to coming to Mobile. And so they're, they're saying we'll beat any deal from any school because we're going to bring the most people and we love it for recruiting. So we go in and we speak to the different presidents at different universities and see, you know, who's really interested. And we try to find a great matchup that's great for our area. Uh, and and it, it just just so happened that Alabama A&M and Jackson State really wanted to be here for a few years. And so – that's where we are now. I don't know if this is a, a a question that can be easily answered as far as, you know, numbers or anything like that. But ever since Dion took over Jackson State, now, of course, he's at Colorado. But has interest peaked in historically black college football programs since then? It has abroad. Um, the, uh, in the, in the African-American community or the black community, uh, HBCU football has always been a staple, but now that Dion got got put it on a different level, not everybody's noticing it. And so that's the beautiful part about it, and which we really do appreciate Coach Prime for what he did and the time he done it. Uh, he really put HBCUs in a different light, so people say, "Hey, this is really is some good football going on, and this is re- they really have a lot of great things going on." And we now uh, HBCUs are being seen on ESPN. This game gonna be televised on ESPN, you know. Which in a few years ago, that was very few games that you got to see. You got to see the Magic City Classics or the Bayou Classics and stuff like that. So now the Gulf Coast Challenge right here in Mobile, Alabama, has been on, been on ESPN for the last couple of years. So that's it. We really appreciate the spotlight and um, that other people are now starting to see the HBCU football is, is a great tradition. Hey, Tim, thank you so much for coming aboard. Tell everybody again before we let you go how to get tickets. www.thegulfcoastchallenge.com or Northside Ticket Chain. We look forward to y'all, and thank y'all so much for having me, man. We appreciate it. Absolutely, man. We shout, look- out to Dick, shout out to Danny Cordy, too. That's my guy, Mobile Sports Authority. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. We appreciate the time. <laughs> well, well, Danny told me Tim right. was his guy, so he actually Danny gets credit for lining Tim up this morning. Uh, so, by the way, uh, we were talking about Charles Barkley earlier, and he was kind of talking about how Alabama fans were spoiled brats. He, he gave he gave uh, as good as he got with, with Auburn, too. So he, he joked that if y'all are going to be down there baptizing people, please pray for better quarterback play. Let's get these quarterbacks and baptize them, and maybe the Lord can make them play better. So... Charles got jokes on on both sides of the argument. Well, here's another thing, too, and and, and this is not really relevant to what Charles said, but quarterback issues. All right, the transfer from Michigan State, right, at Auburn, not getting off to a good start. The transfer from Michigan to Iowa, McNamara, 
not off to a good start. Both, right. both, so it doesn't always work out the way you want it to be. The where, transfer from Notre Dame to Alabama, not off to a good There's a good one, too, yeah. <laughs> it, it, you know, Seeing we a trend get, with these Midwestern guys. We all get excited when, oh, we got this guy coming, we got that guy coming. Boy, we're, we're going to go undefeated. doesn't quite work out that way all the time. And, and even as good as Sam Hartman is, and that was one of the, the big transfer moves from Wake Forest to Notre Dame. He, they couldn't get it done with a win over Ohio State, yep. only 14 points. Yeah, but he's really good. Whereas I didn't other, say he wasn't. Other, I'm just saying it doesn't always work out, though, that with you know Sam Hartman had some really good games early against Navy and so forth. But it doesn't mean just because you get a transfer that it's going to go down as uh, victory land. So, uh, Shador Sanders worked out. Or didn't work out. I think it's worked out well, but of course, you know, the advantage of playing for well. his dad, you know, the fact that he's going, he's not going to a, he's going to a system he was well, well aware of. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that he had the same thing going to Jackson State. He go with his son, so I, th I think that's a little bit different. Well, I only, I really, the reason I ask is I don't know if it's as simple as yes or no, right? He started out like, like well, they going nuts. One. He's got great yeah. stats, and all of a sudden he ran into a buzzsaw. And could potentially do so again uh, oh, sure. this week. Against so, Southern Cal, but they only so had one potential. win last year. They already got three, no. so you'd have to say it's a success. Yeah, All right. It's not potential. No, there's no so. way? No, no, there's there's zero chance this game yeah. is zero? close. So why show up then? They shouldn't. Just just forfeit? They should. Yep. Can they, can they be competitive, though? Against USC? No. See now, I kind of hope they are, just so Me we can too. come back. I know you. I am and just I, hoping and I hope now. They are regardless. And I want now USC. I am really hoping for uh, Colorado to play really, really because well. Because I think it's been it's been a fun arc. So everybody's on the Dion train. He's kind of puffing his chest up, and now he gets knocked down. You know, eight pegs, twelve pegs, one hundred and thirty-seven pegs, whatever it is. Ooh. And he's kind of taking his medicine a little bit. So now I want to see: does it continue? Is there a little bit of a redemption story in this season? Like what you know. And I'll say this about Dion: whether you like Dion or not, one, the guy can coach, but dude, he he owns up, he owns it. Well, the other if thing he too, wins, he's crowing. But I mean, if he if he loses, he takes his medicine. You know, I've heard interviews uh, about Dion with people close to him, and you know, you hear stories like, "Well, could he have been the the Auburn coach, or could he have been a coach here?" Thing about bringing Dion is, if you you got to go full metal with him, you can't. It's not like you could bring him in and then you're going to hold reign over him. He can't come into a program and have people constantly tell him, do this, do that. He has to have full control. He brings the assistant coaches in. He lets them coach. I've heard interviews with some of his assistant coaches, and they said, like, yeah, he gives us free reign, but you better do your job and you better do it well. He will get you anybody you want. If you need an offensive tackle, he'll go out and get him for you. But then when they come in, you better get the job done. Lines only 21 and a half points for USC. You jump it on that. Sounds kind of tasty. Yeah. Mm. Look at him. He's it's almost got withdrawals. Like he's starting to, it's like over there, like he got to jump on that Ooh, quick. Fine, fine. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I will say though, I think Oregon is better than USC is. Yeah. Uh, but USC also has Caleb Williams and is going against Colorado's defense. But it is at Colorado. So yeah. who knows? I mean, maybe, maybe it'll only be a 28 point game instead of a 36 point game. But, uh, no, I do like USC in this one. But 
in all seriousness, I do think Oregon is like legitimately a playoff team. I think USC has the best player in college football, but not a whole lot else. You know, also about Dan Lanning, and we talked to Paul about Dan Lanning. He left Georgia, took over Oregon, and everybody's raving about him as an up-and-coming coach, and he's done very well. But, you know, he was very lucky, I think, to inherit Bo Nix as his quarterback. Yeah, I, I really believe that. And I think any coach that goes anywhere, like and Brian it's been Harsh proven. So lucky. <laughs> yeah. And anywhere you go, if you have a quarterback who can get it done, it makes you look better. It might have worked out for Brian Harson if he, you know, liked to recruit, but you know, it's kind of his least favorite thing to do. So yeah, I'm cheer I'm actually cheering for Bo Nix. I'm cheering for Bo Nix. I was cheering for Dion. I'm actually cheering for him to get shelled again. I just want to <laughs> see what that looks like. I just want to see how he handles it. I want to see how those guys handle it. Because, you know, Oregon put together that 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 highlight reel, and it showed all that video that leaked of all these Colorado players talking a bunch of stuff, or as, as Dion likes to say, bull junk, talking all that bull junk before the game about how they were going to kick Oregon's, you know, posterior and all this, and they actually they got housed. Well, he handled. I thought he handled it well with his press conference afterwards. Uh, Dion, I'm talking about Dion. Yeah. I thought he handled it very classy, and and then of course there was that other line: "Get us now." Yeah. <laughs> if you don't get us no, now, no, no. you're he not going to get, get us. Uh, he said, "Get me now." By the way, yeah. not us. Just you know, needed to correct that word because it was telling. Just saying. Yeah. Me. Th- not thank us. you, Michael. No, I mean that was important. He said, "Me." Not us. Me. Dion's all about me, 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 me. Well, I mean, he did say, right, people are trying to beat me. It's about me. It's not about beating Colorado. It's about beating me. No one cares about Colorado. They've won one Pac-12 game in two years. But, agreed, but he, you you were saying it's about him. It is about him. Everybody knows it's about him, I including Dion. I understand that, but, you know, when he's saying, get me now versus get us now, He's like trying to pull the old the old Dan Hurley act where he said Dan Hurley said that a couple years ago for UConn the basketball coach uh, when they were struggling he said get us now because this is get, you know we're gonna be a, gonna be a lot better a couple years he backed it up and won a national championship the, how do you think the players on that when he when Dion was like uh, this I'm paraphrasing but he was like this is the worst we're gonna be and man if you're on that team you're like wait what I mean I think they probably understand that's well, reality. so far we haven't had any of the uh, let's say coaches. Uh, back and forth with Lincoln Riley and Dion. At least I haven't heard of anything like going into the Oregon game. You already had Dan Lanning had said stuff prior to the season, and I guess uh, you know we of course with Colorado State, but so far I haven't heard anything from Lincoln Riley. About I will this game. I will say Lanning's they're 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 looking for clicks. We're looking for wins. That's a that, that's pretty strong. That, that's that's a pretty strong statement though. It's true. I mean that that one that one spread like wildfire. That's as good a trash talk as you're going to get from a coach. It's just an objective fact. <laughs> As opposed to a subjective one? As opposed to an opinion. Oh, right. Gotcha. All right, 847, one final segment. We'll tell you where we're headed tomorrow. You guys can jump in. You know, the regular rigmarole here as we wrap up another edition of the opening kickoff right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. This is CJ Mosley, inside linebacker, and you listen to the sports station, WNSP 105.5. And then you have to eat your lunch all by yourself. You know what I get most out of that song these days? Because you started at that one spot is lunch. When I moved down, uh, and it's been years, but Bronner, you might be getting used to this now. 
when you're done with the show, it's 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 basically lunchtime. I mean, as early as we get up, it's lunch. Let's well, that's why it. I bring a block of cheese with me. Yeah, you've been fascinated by this block of cheese. What is it with you and cheese? I don't know. I like cheese. You don't? I mean, I think everybody likes. Well, Lee, I I I don't like to say everybody went with Lee around. Lee, do you like cheese? No. Like you don't <laughs> eat it at all. It's. Sure. Now and then appeared on things that I can't <laughs> remove, but uh, I will tell you this: if I get a say, you know, I haven't eaten sandwiches in quite some time. But you know, sometimes you get a deli, or you, you get something in a box lunch, and it's got cheese and yeah. meat. I usually take the cheese out, okay, unless it's melted in there, and then of course you can't. Right, but do you eat it if there is cheese? Like if it's melted? If I have to, yeah, I eat it, of course. You just don't like the taste, or you don't like the consistency. I've never it? been really that big of a cheese eater. I, I told you this. Back in my day, growing up, Velveeta cheese, it was yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Bronner was, like, a, making a big spectacle out of this block of cheese he was just tearing was into. Are you from Wisconsin or something? You came running over. I like come running over. I said, yeah, maybe we can do something with this. Are you a cheesehead from Wisconsin or something? Oh, I'm Is from New Jersey. You know that better than anyone, probably. It's been ingrained. You guys going to travel back for the holidays together? Absolutely not. I don't oh. want to see him after this show. Wow. Oh my! Like today's show, or like any when, show? When the show's no, over? any show, oh, okay. any show. No, he's uh, no. I, I'm just paraphrasing because you know how Michael is. You know, no chance, no chance at all. No team has a chance. So we have no chance of traveling back for the holidays. It together? could happen. No, I wouldn't say that. But you like to fly, right? I drive. Uh, I drive. You fly. So that that's yeah. The, that's going to be the difference. If I'm only going home I for am a few not, days. Not a big fan of flying. Oh, I hate flying. But if I'm only going home for a few days, I'm not going to make an 18 hour drive. So I'll tell you what. If you fly and you're caught in one of those situations where the pilot doesn't show up or they have mechanical, I'll pick you up on my way up to Jersey. I don't know if that happens anymore, but I'll I'll be sure to let you know. Thank you. Uh, by the way, everybody is uh, jumping in on the. Uh, Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift thing oh, yeah. now, including Hines, uh, has announced a, a new condiment. What is the over-under as to how long they're going to stay together? I think that's one of the fascinating things. Will it go past the new year? So we mentioned earlier Fanatics offered this female, like, pullover, Kansas City Chiefs pullover, half zip, whatever. They kind of marketed it as a, a Taylor Swift. It was gone in 30 minutes, sold out. Well, now Hines is doing a special ketchup and seemingly ranch combination and they're selling like only a hundred bottles of it permission to throw on my tinfoil hat here for a second okay yeah this entire thing's a sham uh this entire i've heard relationship this. Yeah. quote unquote is is business driven and uh wow they're gonna make a lot of money but man this is this is okay so i'm not i'm not against this conspiracy theory per se but what's What's like I get it from Kelsey's standpoint. Like everything is quadrupled, right? His his Instagram followers, his the merchandise value, everything his the sale and all. But what does she get out of it? I mean, is she just not she'll, tapped into the NFL market? No, yeah, I think she'll get it. to write a song once they break up. She may include the Chiefs in her new song. Right, but why Kelsey? Why the Chiefs? Why the NFL? I mean, if you wanted to go like more like she's global. Like go NBA. That's more global than the NFL. Like do the Kardashians have the the corner the NBA corner uh, Pretty market? Pretty much, yeah, they have a market trade market. They do, unfortunately, they already do. She no, tried but I that. I don't think any. You know, you have these agents. They they all have agents, and they try. Sometimes they try to pair it up. I don't know how much of a real tight interest there is in you know Travis. He pursued her. 
That's what we're led to believe. Yeah, well, join the club. I he mean, pursued she, her. she calls it pursuing if he, if he wasn't Stalking, a, in a— Yeah, I mean, Whatever was, it is. So it, it, the NFL is jumping all over this. They're making a big deal about her possibly being at the Kansas City Jets game on Sunday night. I think su- it was confirmed, wasn't it? Well, we say that, but you never know if something will come up that, you know, maybe she can't get there or something happens. It's, it's, it's reported that she'll be there. It doesn't mean that necessarily. Uh, it's not, gonna, not supposedly going to be one of the best attractions on a Sunday night for NFL football. It because, is now. Well, Apparently. with her maybe, but not with the Jets. Hammer the Chiefs spread, by the way. Just, just we, we, it's like do the Jets, hey, Michael, do the Jets have a chance or no chance? They have absolutely Zero chance whatsoever. None, zilch, zero. Don't even show up. Don't, they they should forfeit the rest of the season. Zach Wilson. Oh boy, he's the worst starting quarterback in the league. Maybe I've ever seen. It's uh, it's pretty sad. It's Joe Namath was right. We talked about this the other day, Lee. But um, you know, I think it gets to a point where, you know, there there's reports that that locker room's ready to implode because. <laughs> You know, Robert Sala is just kind of allowing this to happen. Someone just asked in the yeah. app, so Michael Cam Newton could take Zach Wilson's job? Yes. So I think 2023 Mark, Cam what, Newton is what better than Zach seen Wilson. A lot Colin Kaepernick, he's looking to get back in the league. Well, Mark, you've seen a lot of similar. bad quarterbacks with the Saints over the years. Zach Wilson beats them. Aaron Brooks. Race. We see the difference between... Zach Wilson and Aaron Brooks, though, is Aaron Brooks was really bad at times, but he was really, really good at times. At I don't, times, I don't he even, was. I don't think we've seen Zach Wilson ever be really, really good. Not yet. No. Yet. You're still holding out hope. The Jets are. Hmm. <laughs> that locker room. Salah's going to get fired before Zach Wilson ever shows anything. What, uh, we're gassing up Air Sports 1, I'm assuming. You know, it's funny. Sometimes they don't gas up Air Force One. They just hope for the best and hope momentum gets them there. But where, where, where is where is it headed? There's no guarantee that we're going to get there, but where are we headed? It's headed for St. Michael's. Bum, bum, bum. I'm hoping I, I make it on time. Yep. And so I'll ask Philip Rivers the hard-hitting questions like, did you know that your son was going to be a quarterback and that's why you named him Gunner? Because Gunner is like the greatest quarterback name in the world. Those are the questions we will answer. Well, those are the ones I'll ask. You may throw in some football-related questions. I'll try. He's going to be with us for, I'm assuming, an hour. And again, reportedly, uh, he is going to be in with us with his son, but he may stick around when we do our picks and things like that. So I'm looking forward to having him How are we doing on those picks, by the way? You mean the uh, picks that we do at 830? Yeah. I have no clue. You think somebody out there is recording all our picks? Absolutely not. Well, Michael might, because he's always looking to show how much superior he is than us. I think you are wrong. Like absolutely unequivocally, one hundred percent wrong. Like there's yeah. no, he's so wrong. If being wrong is right or something, yeah, we don't have enough time to break it down. But well, we do points now, Michael. We do it on points. Okay. All right. Ask me tomorrow. We'll break some down. Dr. Christopher Mullinex, High School Game Day tomorrow. See ya.